Hello. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hello. How come when you come up, uh, Chris, it says gold-plated woods? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> that was the last thing I said into the chat. Oh, okay. I, I was just, I was just wondering. Because <laughs> I didn't see I your just... picture. I just, when I called, it said gold-plated woods. <laughs> what? That's funny. That's why I changed my Twitter handle too, so you gotta oh, remember that. That gold-plated woods. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's beautiful. Joe is so anxious that he he came early. He's been talking for an hour. Yeah, half an hour. I hope well, he recorded it so we could include it in the show. That's right. <laughs> no. <laughs> How is everyone doing? Good. Yeah. I'm fine. The... the wife has got the, the SARS, so we're stuck at home this holiday weekend. Oh, no. The COVID? Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. Well, she's the only one that tested positive. All, all three kids uh, came up negative. I came up negative, and I haven't had any symptoms other than my normal aches and pains, which I'm assuming is just my normal aches and pains. So that's just old age. But, yeah. Uh, well, you're a young pup. What are you talking about? <laughs> you still should have at least another six years before those pains hit. Oh, man, my knees have been killing me for a couple of years now. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. But yeah, she's she's mostly fine. It's just one of those things, you know, you're stuck at home now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't get to what movie did you go see, Mike? Because we oh. we had we had tickets for the invitation and the super pets and I had to refund them. Yeah, there were uh, the three yesterday. All theaters, well, pretty much all theaters across the country were selling tickets for three bucks. Right. Um, and then they had like three dollar popcorn, three dollar sodas, and all kinds of special deals. But there wasn't a lot of like new premieres showing. So we were there were two movies that we wanted to see. One was Nope. Uh, okay. The The Peel because we're horror fans. And then the other one was you're, you're big peel heads. Yeah, we're peel heads. We're uh, we, that one. That one filled up, so we we couldn't even sit together. So we were like, oh, okay, what what else are we interested in? And it was fall. Um, this movie is crazy. Uh, I, I guess I knew what I was getting into because the creators did the. I don't know what there's a th- seven fifty six hundred fifty feet below or whatever i don't remember what the movie was but it was that shark movie and they're kind of like real tense movies so if you've watched the movie frozen not the disney movie but the 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 guys that are caught up on the ski lift um (laughs) then 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 you would see what this kind of movie is but uh this this uh radio tower really does exist and it's like one of the fourth highest uh structures in the i think i don't know if it's the united states or the world but it's it's pretty damn high uh so high that they have to have like a beacon on the very very top so planes don't hit it but um this this is a story about a a girl that loses her uh lover husband uh to a rock climbing incident Uh, and uh her best friend tries to get her out of the funk by climbing this uh this this uh, radio tower 
and uh, it has a ladder, but <laughs> things don't quite work out. So wow. yeah, it's, if if you see the preview, it's pretty it's pretty good, like suspenseful horror, like mm-hmm. and I how am I gonna get out of this kind of horror? I think uh, I'd like to see that. Um, yeah, me too. At some point, yeah. Yeah, I was, really I was well just done. laughing a second ago because it's one of my, I think, my favorite interactions between you and Bill. You were explaining Frozen, and yeah. he was insisting that you were describing it wrong because he had seen the movie and he was talking about, <laughs> of course, the animated film. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> hence, hence, that's why <laughs> he I said that. Purposely, you know, like, like ignorant. <laughs> Trying to convince him that this is the actual. It was so. That's funny. why I purposely set it up front, not the Disney movie. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's also a great movie. Like, uh, it is. It, it's did you saw it? it it's a. Uh, it's I a, saw the animated one. Yeah, it is. A, it's very. No, good. no, I'm talking about the horror movie. No, I haven't seen that one. That that's that's really worth it too because it's the end of ski season, and uh, some some employee that wanted to uh, leave early for the I don't know what decided Man. to leave leave three people up on a ski lift. <laughs> Dang. And. Uh, and their names were Anna and yeah. Elsa <laughs> and Kristoff. Yeah. Was there a reindeer involved? He was and down he... below trying to get him, trying to help him. <laughs> I've actually never seen either Frozen. I'm just looking at the IMDb page to find the names of the characters. I don't even know what they're called. <laughs> I know. I know what. You don't the... have any kids, Chris. That's why. Right. I, I know what they look like. Frozen. Yeah, I don't watch too much animated, like just in general. I I don't. But I did start watching yeah. Primal. That's insane on HBO Max. It's. I heard somebody say it was like, Devil Dinosaur, and I was like, Oh God, I gotta see this. So I, yeah. I like put it on, and I was like, Wow, that's incredibly violent and good. I love how they. Do emotion and movement and everything and noises and not have words like it just it's it's a it's by the guy that did samurai jack and i've never seen samurai jack but this is pretty incredible about a caveman and a dinosaur well i heard the rumor is you better watch the adult swim stuff now because i think they're like slowly killing a lot of it off so it's good you're getting it watched yeah i watched it on hbo max so um yeah I don't. Yeah, I don't every... think they're gonna get rid of existing product. I think they're gonna get rid of new animated product. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Mike, they've pulled back so much what was already on the app. That's what That's I thought. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, like well, Squidbillies and uh, what's the one with Meatwad? Um, you know, a lot of those old Adult Swim stuff. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. They've already mm-hmm. been pulled off of there. Yeah. Well, I guess I better. They're just they're just removing things left and right. Yeah, it doesn't fit in with the Discovery home well, uh, I, theme. I, I'm assuming. No, mm-hmm. no. Uh, I've done a lot of research into this, and they're they're so AT and T left them in so much financial peril that they're trying to dig themselves out any way they can. And oh, okay. one of the ways they can is by taking products that have demand and selling them, and and then off of their platform because they. If they don't gain subscribers, they don't make money. 
they're not making right. any money, right? So, so right. So, but but if they could sell it to like a Netflix or a Paramount or somebody to air it, then they make money. Oh, I so that you. that's their strategy. Is like even the Batman, it's almost like it's being produced. It's far along, and mm-hmm. they let it go because they they're like, well, we can't recoup it on our streaming service. Let's try to sell it to some other platform or, or you know, TV studio, and see mm-hmm. what they can premiere it on. And yeah, that's... my my kids are too, uh, you know, too old now for it. But uh, you know, I, I saw online that they got rid of like two, over two hundred episodes of Sesame Street. So I'm yeah, wondering they if they're, you know, like you said, maybe shopping that around where another service will actually pay to have it, pay them to have it, you know. Like Whatever said. they were tasked with when they came, they they fired a lot of their like docu series people because they were like already oh, we were in that business, and then they 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 axed a lot of their animated uh, kids programming and and kids programming in general. Yes. And um, I don't know if that's the right way to go, but from what I've done research I've done and what I've heard. Is that a lot of streaming service, Netflix, Disney, everybody's financially in trouble because they're they're hitting their subscriber like peak because people are leaving and coming, but they're they're kinda like flatlining. So the fact that they're not getting new subscribers makes it less profitable to stick it on their own platform. And uh that that's why you know, but streaming it, it, services some, are struggling. Which is true, but at some point you have to be careful too because it becomes a vicious circle where you stop offering all of these products and you don't, it's not that you you remain status quo, but you lose subscribers. You're going to lose subscribers. And then the, a lot of them are suffering from, uh, which I want to start doing, is uh, platform switching. In other words, I'll get Netflix for six months and then drop it and then pick up Disney Plus for six months, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that because they can't afford all these different subscriptions, right. you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a way to do it, right? Is that you you just concentrate on one, you watch everything that you want from that one, you drop it, you go to the next one, and you pick up the stuff that you missed from there, you drop yeah. that one, and, and so forth. That's what we do. Everything every single month. We do Peacock when there's a big pay-per-view. So like four times a year, we sign up for uh, Peacock, and then you know we like shotgun everything in that month, and we dump it. Exactly. Well, well, Peacock is probably one of the cheapest, at least the one I at least I pay at the four ninety nine, which is the commercial. And all the reason I got into it was Yellowstone. Like it was the only way. It's the only way I could watch that show, and I'm obsessed with it. So. I think to do the wrestling pay per views though, I think you got to do the full ten dollars. Yeah, I yeah. could be wrong, but I no, think you're right. One, I, I, I think, think it was the premier. same with um, when how that Halloween uh, last that what was it the second Halloween movie? Second, oh yeah, the, uh, yeah. So uh, I, you know, I did that uh, as well. Um, you know, I, I actually signed up. I might have even got promotion, um, but I went ahead and watched that, and then after a month, I. I dropped it. it. Was cheaper than. But but I have the four ninety nine, and I just I just watched. Uh, was it Black Phone? Wasn't yeah, that on? Yeah. And that was uh, yes, I saw some commercials. Like they had like, I don't know, like 
three minutes or four minutes worth of commercials up front, but then Black Phone started and I had no more commercials. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. How'd you like it? I I liked it. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty it, good. We saw that one in the theater. It's pretty creepy. Me and yeah. me, me and Bill talked about it quite a bit because I I had an incident like that when I was young, walking to school by myself. So it's like I. That it traumatized me. So the the fact that that truck was driving behind the kids and grabbing them was fucking traumatizing. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. I, <clears throat> speaking of movies, um, I tried to go see Nope, and they asked me what movie I want if I wanted wanted to see, and I said Nope, and they said No, really. What movie do you want to see? And ah. I said, nope. And they said, no, really. And I could never get a ticket. No, I just walked. <laughs> Finally, they, they gave they gave you a dirty look and, and walked away. Yeah. Chris, you got to get the app, you know, and then just order it yourself. <laughs> that's that's a good idea. <laughs> I see it's on pay-per-view now, but it's still like 20 bucks to rent. So it, it's nope. weird. It's weird because yeah. Warner Brothers like shifted all their blockbusters like out of the summer like all they have is black adam this year and they they were supposed to have three so i i think the movie theaters are like desperate like mm. one thing that shocks the hell out of me is that they didn't release uh what is it prey at the theater because it would I have, agree it would have kicked ass Did Espe- they especially in the null like uh, how good the movie actually was I think they did, or they didn't think that it would have a mass appeal. But everybody that I've seen is like, "This this movie's freaking amazing! It's one of the best Predator movies ever." And there's that... no star power, is that I think the only problem, Rob? And I think they didn't think that with no stars it would perform well. Maybe. Wow. But it is incredibly I mean... one well done, and they in in today's market where there's nothing this summer i mean there's top gun you can go see it over and over again which is the biggest blockbuster hit ever they're showing like spider-man and thor still i mean it's they have they have like not a lot i mean nope and there's a few odds and ends but there's no like big blockbusters to sustain the theater so so i'm glad that they they took a day and gave these theaters these three dollar tickets because it was pretty packed. I mean, I, yeah, yes, in a COVID world, it's a little uncomfortable, but it drove people to the theaters, which I'm glad because I love the theater experience. Like, I, there's there's no way I would prefer watching something at home to being at the theater, unless it's uh, Super Pets because all the kids are screaming and I couldn't watch it anyway. But... <laughs> <laughs> what What is that on? That Super Pets. Super yeah, pets. I want to show it to the kids. It's it's on the at the theater still. Oh, well, we're not going to the theater. For that. Yeah, but it's just <laughs> on HBO Max. And... That was would... that was when I had tickets for yesterday. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Elvis yeah. is at the theater and on streaming. Last I checked. So yeah, yeah. sometimes you're getting the double dips on them. No, but Elvis yeah. was out like six months ago. They're just re-releasing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> because of its, uh, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, they're re-releasing Jaws on the IMAX just to 
draw people in. I mean, there's like well, three I or saw, four. I saw EG, right? Last, uh, yeah. The, the beginning of the or last month or whatever. And was. they're doing yeah. that to try to get people in the theaters because they don't have any blockbusters to show. They had Rogue One, I think, two weeks ago. Did uh, it? On the IMAX, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't we went to, to the IMAX not... for, for uh, and I didn't share this part, but we went for E.T. and uh, there might have been six other people in the theater. Well, I, not to be rude, I mean, I like Rogue One as much as anybody, but I'm not paying 12 bucks to go see it in the theater. I think mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. That's the problem when you do it IMAX only. Yep. Like, if it had been a regular ticket, I probably would have done it. I, or a I, dollar ticket. I yeah. would go see it if I had time because that's my favorite Star Wars movie. I mean, it's it's up there with Empire. I freaking love Rogue One. That's yeah, good. It's flawless to me. Like if if you had to make a prequel to something, I mean that that was just done so damn well. Yep. So we started watching the Indiana Jones movies with the kid yesterday because he's never seen any of them, and I just want to know. How in the hell were those PG movies? <laughs> Especially the second mm-hmm. one. It's, we're watching Temple of Doom, and I'm like, uh, "Hey, that <laughs> that movie's uh, pretty violence towards <laughs> violence towards kids too." I mean, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts. That movie's super problematic now, but um, yeah, the just the gore in it and the sex in it. I, I can't believe that that's a PG movie. I don't remember any sex. Well, I remember like, there's a sex scene, but. Good lord! I I mean, when I was seven, I was seeing rated R movies, so I don't know. I guess I'm not I, that sensitive to that and not being a parent. Yeah, no, it doesn't bother me that he's seeing it. It's more like he goes, "Oh my god, Anne, let you watch this," and I was like, "Yeah, I don't think she knew what was in it." <laughs> it was more that you know that the idea that I was in fourth grade when I saw it in the theater with just me and my pal and uh, and the the rating was what it was. That had to have been at least. That's what I would call a hard PG-13, right? Yeah, well, you, yeah, you, I would say PG-13. You, for it's sure. probably the more violent, for sure. Yeah. I mean, but but I I don't I I like when they have like crazy themes, too. Like I I miss that everything's so sensitive now that you can't have themes where like in this case the children enslavement like right. Mm-hmm. It was probably a real thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah I think sure. it still so, is. So, yeah, so, I mean, well, yeah, you hear about it now. So why hide something that was real or historic, right? I mean, that that's the way I look at it. But um, Mike, we, we've talked about this before, and me and, me and Stacy have talked about it, and it's like, I don't know if it's because of the huge number of now, like, streaming services, DVR and stuff, but kids can watch exactly what is intended just for their age and be not exposed to anything else. When, yeah. when we were growing up as kids, there was just, you know, the basic channels. You, maybe you had cable. Maybe you had HBO. Oh, you, you had that, that one watch. station that was like you were able to receive in static and yeah. watch and, a, and you're gonna a, watch a nudie film. You're like, oh, and my God. Jaws, it could be. I mean, you don't know. But, like, you know, I, Jaws, I, I had to have been six or seven when I watched Jaws, and I don't remember, remember it really affecting me. My kids are nine, and they don't want to watch Jaws. Yeah. It, it's like I I don't think that they've been I guess the word is desensitized. Right. Well, I think they only watch the kids shows that are 
meant for them. They've had no exposure at all for yeah. you know? I mean, the one and, thing and I that I just because of how TV works. When I grew up, my parents wouldn't let me go to a rated R movie or the PG thirteen didn't exist, so there was just right. PG. Yep. But uh, they would let us go to PGs sometimes by ourselves, but. It, oh yeah, if it was rated R. We'd have to oh. say, "Oh, we're going to a PG movie, but we're sneaking huh. into the rated R." <laughs> what a bad boy you are. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we did that too. I remember. I think my first one. I can't remember if my first one either was either Cobra or Punchline, um, but it was very, very much one was you know adult humor and one was like gore. But yeah, I just remember not thinking much of her, uh, of it than the fact he he we got into a rated R movie. Mm-hmm. Mine was like Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I don't even remember it other than there's a lot of nudity. <laughs> but, you know, Jaws is PG, too. And I remember thinking when I watched that with Jack when he was like nine, I was like, holy crap. I can't believe this movie's PG, you know, because well, like the crab scene alone makes me want to yeah. puke now. I mean, it does, but it was it's such a good movie, and it's oh, like, sure. I really want to watch this with the kids, and right. it's like, I, I don't know that they're going to be able to handle it at all, um, and in, in any event, I'm not going to force them to watch it, and a couple times I've said, you know, you guys ready? Do you want to watch it? You know, just at home, right? and, and you know, they say, they say no, so I'm like, okay, okay, I'm not going to turn it on and force them to sit there when they don't want to watch it, but... It's like I really wonder. I don't think that they they would handle it well. Too much Teen Titans go. Too much. I don't know. Yeah. I just as not having kids. I think there's much worse on primetime TV. Well, they uh, don't watch that either. Yeah. No, no, no. But oh, I'm talking about over the air. No, no. Just, I know just what you straight, mean. straight they, they over they, the air TV around like, eight o'clock and nine o'clock. What you got to understand nowadays, like. They barely understand how to actually search for just regular shows, like flipping the channels. They barely understand that concept. I, I like, don't get that. That, that, that like confuses and my. They find what they want to watch, and that's what they put on. They don't know anything about like flipping around or just. Yeah. They, don't watch any, they don't watch any over the air television at all. But, but they don't like. But can't, no. us, like if we're watching something as a. As a family, we'll watch Amazing Race or something yeah, like but that. If they but have they one of those smart TVs, they could just say, "Hey, turn on whatever," you know, like yeah, go to this no, station. Like, there's no, it's all streaming. There's no yeah. flipping through channels or no. anything, you know, like the, that. The like, only streaming uh, thing like that that my kids watch is like Pluto, and uh, mm-hmm. other than that, I don't think yeah they don't watch anything that's quote unquote live. That well or Twitch, you know, those would be uh-huh. the only two things. Yeah, they don't have any idea. And yeah. see, that's the stuff I stay away from. <laughs> Pluto? Pluto's pretty good. No, Pluto TV is like regular TV. I'm talking about yeah. like Twitch and oh, sure, sure. streaming YouTube and like I, I just don't get into that. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't do much Twitch. There was one point I I've think I've never been on Twitch. Twitch had a channel that was nothing but old Doctor Who episodes, but now that's on Pluto, so I would I haven't got on Twitch since. No, I like Pluto TV. That's like Three's yeah. Company, and you can get all kinds of. I watched the Love stuff. Boat on there. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Love Boat's good. They have Does a Fantasy lot of. Fantasy Island come on after. <laughs> <laughs> it should. That'd I just wish they had chips. I would be in heaven. They <laughs> had like chips TV. Being after- into. 
like gaming and stuff. I watch stuff on YouTube, but um, I never really, I, I can't really get into the Twitch stuff though, like where people are streaming because, you know, they're constantly like interact, like people like that for the interaction, you know, like with their chat. Mm-hmm. So, so, but I find it kind of annoying and distracting that the the person that is playing a game or whatever is constantly interacting with the audience and talking to them and stuff. I just, I'd rather like watch something on YouTube that's like more um, recorded ahead of time and curated and focused. You know, what is, is so, that's what my opinion of Twitch was. Is is that what it is? It's like mostly um people playing video games. That's a lot of it. I know there That's, was one one wrestling pay-per-view. Well, not pay-per-view because it was free. It was on Twitch. But there was one wrestling event one time where it was on Twitch, and that was the only way to watch it. So other people use it, but I think the bulk of it's like games. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the highest percentage, I think, probably. Yeah. But, yeah, it's used for a lot of other stuff, but it's primarily – or not maybe not primarily, but that's like – that's definitely its focus is um, people live streaming um, games. Video games? Yeah. yeah, we took the kids to an anime convention uh, last year, and of course there was like nobody there. Um, but the way they got around that was they would live stream the panels, so um, you know they would act like nothing was going on, and but it, they posted that on Twitch too because like the people there who would be uh, doing the panel would have their own Twitch channel. So that's weird. Yeah. It seems like you're paying to go to a convention to see things. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, I, you could do that at home. I don't. So it was understand. like five. It was like five of us uh, in the front row, and a couple of smattering of people, you know, in the in the the room. And other than that, it was, you know, if you were at home, you could watch it too. Yeah. Well, uh, interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Did I don't guys... know. I'm an old man. Did you guys read Batman Fortress yet? Have you have you read that? No, I didn't. I didn't, order, did, did, I'm, I'm, I didn't I'm, order I'm out on the 356 um, miniseries that come out monthly. <laughs> I just buy the the main titles now. Oh I just can't man, that's so good. It's like an Elseworlds, like an alien invasion, and these I aliens are these aliens are after Superman, and Superman's nowhere to be found. Like he's they're they've they've shut all the power off and. They've taken out almost the entire Justice League, and you got Batman, and he has to team up with Luther. And uh, the title is called Fortress because they have to get into the Fortress of Solitude. Uh, hmm. But but it's it is so good. Like I was like, man, this is like way better than I ever expected in art <laughs> and story. Is so good. Yeah, I'm the same, Rob. I think I'm down to Batman, Detective, and Batgirls. Oh, well, and well, that's not true. I get like the former Gotham City Siren books too, basically Poison Ivy, Harley, and uh, and Catwoman. So, okay, I get a bunch of Bat books. I'm a liar. No, I mean <laughs> I, if they're regular, ongoing, I pretty much like you know I'm I'm going to get the new Tim Drake. I've got Batman, Detective. I've got Catwoman, um, Nightwing. Uh, that's about it i don't get the urban what is it called urban something urban or other urban legends okay. what about Ur- world's finest that's been really yes good. i get that yep uh. I, get... I just can't i just can't keep buying so much especially i figure these aren't necessarily in continuity they're self-contained stories i'll wait until they're out i'll read them on the app at some point 
Yeah. yeah, if you find out, you can just wait and find out which ones are good. And a lot yep. of times those those read better all at once anyway. Yeah. yeah. There's that Aquaman Andromeda, and that looked really, really good. And I was te- I didn't order it, and I was tempted when I went to the comic shop. But I'm like, you know what? No, I'm just, I mean, it's, what is it, three large size issues? Yeah. Uh, oh, is just, it the I'll oversized ones? Yeah, it's yeah. the oversized ones. Yeah. I'll, I'll just wait and, and, you know. I'd rather get those collected personally, you know. Yeah. Yeah. My one magazine box is full, so my goal is not to add anything more to it because I don't <laughs> want to get another one. Because I don't think my shelves good. <laughs> I'm do, I'm do trying. I'm really trying to to cut back. But I mean, I'll tell you, Mike. I'm sure you agree. DC, this this new previews, it's not making it easy because there's like, um, it, it, as opposed to what I just said, I'm getting so much yeah. from the new one because of the JSA, the Star Girl. Yeah. Uh, the Wildcats, all of that stuff that's coming out. This yeah, know, I'm this. excited for Wildcats for sure, and the JSA oh, coming God. back. It's unbelievable. So it's like not only do I want them, but I want to get multiple covers of a lot of them. Too, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> have to what, just stick. That's with what you gotta stop, please. Rob. You just gotta stick with the one cover, man. Yeah, I'm just. I will. And, and <laughs> it's just that the the desire is really strong there, especially yeah. for JSA because I'm always been a huge fan, and sure. I, I used to buy it pretty much any of the covers I could get my hands on. But that's back when it was a main cover and like one cover and that was it. Now, you know, you're talking about But do you get covers. do you get like books like uh Flashpoint Beyond or Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I get that one. That See good. that's incredible. God yeah, I love yeah. that thing. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, get so good. into it, like what they did with Gilda and Martha yeah, and everything. It's so damn good. <laughs> it's yeah. like... Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like people have said that DC doesn't have it, but man, they have a lot of great titles out. Like every time I, I dig, I dig into them. I I know I read them different than than a hundred percent of the people who get their shipment and they read it as they're, it's supposed to be read. I read them everything more like a trade where I like four issues, four issues, four issues, but I like it that way. Yeah, I uh, was going through because we started Dave Ramsey on September 1st, so I got to be really tight with my budget now, and I'm sitting there going through stuff. And DC was the one I didn't cut that much from. Marvel's down to just a handful, and I try to get the indie books I can, but you know. But then I, I'm like, ooh, would I rather get this indie book or buy this weird old black and white back issue? That's where I'm at <laughs> now. So. Uh. It's it's you got well, to figure out what you want Well, because you go to my most. comic shop, it's right in front of you, so it's. I know. Yeah. That makes it tough. Yeah. Yeah, yes. there's a couple collections in the new previews that I'd like to get, but nothing I have to get, and uh, I'm gonna wait to see what the total is with with all the single issues I'm buying before I, I make the decision on the on the collections. There's I'm excited a few for PSR. the Frank there's Miller a, stuff. There's the Planet of the Apes collection. I, I might get that if I can afford to. Oh, but my my God, did you see how expensive it is to the page count? I, I knew like that it was $100. hundred dollars for like 200 and some pages. Dang. That is, oh, I didn't, that is I didn't notice that. You, usually, you've just, you, 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 you just convinced me not to buy it. Well, well I, I that was like, I'm going to get this. Like, I was 100% down for it because it was the marvel stuff and i already have you know boom had done the marvel magazines Mm -hmm. so i already had like 
the collected editions of all the Planet of the Apes Marvel mags. But I didn't have the original series, and I'm like, God, this would be a great... And then I looked at the page count, and I'm like, oh, my God. it's. You know what? I, I did not even pay attention to that. I just figured, you know, I've got a, a handful of omnibuses on my shelf that are they're all huge i just assumed 224 pages for 100 bucks yes that's what no. shot that's what uh-huh. shocked the hell out of me so yeah. so like my I'm i know out. my i know my uh mom and dad like i i always tell them you know don't get me anything for christmas i'm like i already have everything that i need in life <laughs> you know like i i don't want my parents or my brother or anything to buy me gifts but mm-hmm. they always like you got to give us one. You got to give us one. Maybe this is what I'll ask for. But so I, I mean, it. why is it so expensive? Here's a Wolverine by Benjamin Percy, volume two, hard cover. Because so they own Wolverine cover. and they don't own Planet of the Apes. 344 pages, 55, or $45. They don't own Planet pages. of the Apes. That's why. That's insane. I, yeah. They, they, they're, they, have, they, they do the math and they figure, I'm going to sell this many <clears> copies. <throat> How do I turn it into a profit? And well, that's that's why they come up with that. I'm glad they, you mentioned that. I just crossed it off, and now I can concentrate on see what those PSR ones. I might I might get a couple of those instead. I know the discount is in this. They got Black Black Magic. That's one that I definitely want to get. Oh, on PSR? Yeah, the 1951. Oh 1950. man. Yeah, which is not the same order of stories and stuff in the the DC 70s one. So it won't be like I'm buying a bunch of duplicate that i already yeah, have your reprinted golden age stuff is yeah the, yeah so there you go so i definitely will get that one now that i know i'm out for uh, planet of the apes well sorry to destroy that but you know that you was that, you, you made you my decision so much easier <laughs> I, i'm sorry but i spent a lot of time in previews i like to know that's why nothing shocks me <laughs> i just i spent <laughs> almost was, more that was time a very in previews good piece of I information do. to know because I did not pay attention to that, and I don't know that I would have by the time I made the decision on what to buy. Well, I'm still getting the epics, but the, I was going to get Planet of the Apes. I had put it down, and uh, I saw the page count, and I was shocked. Because I, I, I went back, and I said, there's not that many issues. <laughs> yeah, 11 issues, yeah. I, well, I, well, I thought there was going to be – I thought it would be cheaper just to finish my run. Do you, do you know what Probably I mean? It would be, right? Yeah, yeah sure. I, I look at that sort of thing too, Mike. I'll be like, yeah. Ooh. like like when they do the facsimiles, sometimes I'll be like, well, how much does the original cost? Like when they reprinted Star Wars 50, it was actually yeah. cheaper to buy a copy of it <laughs> than buy the facsimile. Yeah. Yeah. Where, whereas I loved that they have, I think they're doing action number one too, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. They just released Detective 27. And I'm like, finally, I can read the all the other stories in that magazine, aside from the first appearance of Batman, which we must have read a hundred times already because it keeps appearing. But I'm like, this is great. This is great. Yeah. It's the exact thing that came out. Well, that's why I was so bummed when they canceled the Detective Comics pre-Batman Same hardcover. Like, I, yeah, they were doing. I so much wanted to. Yeah, I wanted. I so much wanted to like experience that material. So I, I'm not really happy with the uh, facsimiles because I can. You know, Superman and Batman, they were small stories within this whole big book. Yeah. You get to experience the whole pages. Thing. Yeah. You know what they should have done, though? They should have made it uh, like a replica, even if it was a few dollars more, where the, the original 
size of the comic and and all that. You know what I mean? Okay, Instead so it's, it's, the, it's the smaller. smaller size. Yeah. Okay, I hadn't it, seen one yet. It would have been, yeah, it, it's regular comic book size. Gotcha. Instead of Golden Age comic book size. Well, that's so the the comic book stores won't be bitching that they have to buy Golden Age bags just for it, you know? I'm sure. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's not the Golden Age bags, too. It's the shelf space because they're it's yeah. usually lined up with a certain size comic so they can fit right. X amount of comics in their, their row. When they have those odd-shaped things, it's like, oh, my God, what do I do with them? Our, we have one of our uh, comic book stores, and I'm, I'm sure I've told you guys, we're for a small section of the country we've got a crazy amount of stores but one of the guys he got so pissed about the black label stuff he's got a literally a section called those stupid ass dc books and it's oh just all the black label ones <laughs> it's very irate about this he was not happy he... i i don't oh, like oh. i don't like storing them but i like experiencing them in that size so well that's that's it's, why I like it's them so weird yeah yeah yeah, I did Harley, uh, the very Harleen rather, the very first yeah. one, and then after that, I'm like, I'm gonna do these as the hardcovers, and that's what I've been doing. So, it's not a bad idea. You lose Bruce's penis if you do it that way, though, because they took it out of the uh, collected edition. So, but if that you really was that. To... That was the Batman series, right? <laughs> yeah, the Damned. Yeah, yeah the Damned. They, Which... they edited it out for the collected edition. <laughs> that was a really good story, though. How they switched it, like I. I, I like that story a lot. I know it was overcome by bat penis, but <laughs> I thought the story was really good. And some of those splash pages with the characters on it were phenomenal. I mean, they were so good. Joe, the... I just wanted to ask you, um, I, were you a, I'm not sure, were you a valiant person? Did you get bad, were you getting bad idea comics? Or have you I, never I, I, I did them? for a while, and then it, they just, I started seeing, well, what, what was the last round called? Uh, you know, I don't we, remember what the last round was called, but they went up to like $8 an issue, yeah. and, and there was a ton of them all at once at the end of that year. I said, screw this, I'm out. Okay. So uh, yeah. our buddy Paul uh, sold me his after he read them. So oh, I, really? Yeah, so yeah. I have a handful of them. Um, but I, I didn't go through to the end cause it just got too pricey. Dinesh yep. is pissing me off to no end too. <laughs> I actually <laughs> sent him a very, very kind, but explanation, you know, I, I explained to him, I sent him a DM, um, just this morning because I saw the whole interaction between Paul, uh, you know, he asked that question. On yeah, I, re- I replied to him directly. Responded. Yeah, I just, I, I just DM'd him on the side. I'm like, you know what? It, I, it is, it is an obstacle. Um, there are several, you know, there's several obstacles. Uh, you know, I shared my experience, and I'm like, yeah, I could go to another place now and e- easily, easily find online, you know, a place to get them. But also, do I have 125 dollars? I just want to plop down ahead of time like everyone and, and also and also the shipping like you're, you're 25 up front yes exactly. you're you're, you're, you're not shipping. paying 3.99 or 7.99 for a comic you're paying that plus right six bucks or 10 bucks depending on your shipping option so yep. i i so, wrote I, I wrote i don't know if i'll ever respond back or not or if, even if he if, if he does i will please please hit me up i, I or, will or, but, or, but, or put know, in we, our chat we 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 like you know i mean 
I think that you're probably the same. Like personally, I, you know, I love Dinesh. That's that's the reason why I wanted to support Bad Idea. You sure. know what I mean? He was so it was so great with with Valiant. I wanted to support his company. Um, I I think he's you know a great guy, but it's like it, it's just it's just too hard for a lot of people <laughs> to try to track that down and pay that much money up front it's like it is i don't know what he's doing though like uh, the whole previews thing that he did that's annoying as shit too like putting putting the comic in previews like no a lot of people don't get previews i was i was okay because i got it but yeah i've got two of them it's ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) i get one from the comic shop and i get one from dcbs because i always like to get it as early as possible so this way no matter which which place I, I hit first, I'll, I'll have one to look at. See, I so. think he likes that collector mentality. And I, and I, I mean, that's what he wants in his company or he wouldn't do what he's doing. Well, I think it keeps the name of the company out there constantly, too. because But, but crazy, it doesn't bring in the dollars. And, and I think, I don't know about you, but I read the, the emails. That one's... They, to me, it sounded desperate, like they weren't getting enough pre-orders. They're like, "Oh God, make sure you pre-order by this date." Or you, I bet they got the numbers, and they're saying, "Holy shit!" There's I, a lot I of people. I wonder too, because it's funny that you said that. I wasn't. I wouldn't have commented necessarily, but now that you say that, that is the impression that I got on the email as well. That that email sounded a uh, panicky to yeah. me. The way it was it wor- the way it was I, worded. I got the exact same impression. And I'm like, wow, that vibe. And I say, I know what's happening. It's like people like Rob that are saying, fuck this, or I I don't want to pay for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I told him, and the thing, I'm like, listen, I'm not ranting and raving or carrying on on social media. I just made the decision, and I I'm like, I wouldn't have sent him a message had it not been for his question last night. I just dropped him. You know what I mean? Quietly yeah. drop them. And I think that for every person out there that rails on social media, I can't, I'm not doing this this time. This is a bunch of crap. You probably have over 10 people that don't say a word, but just don't just stop ordering as well. Well, I, I don't know if you saw my response. It wasn't totally aggressive. I just said, I think you're dropping the ball on the dollars. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. You had the opportunity to give people that want to read your stories and you're not giving them this. Plus they're having to pay shipping amounts and sometimes they don't even get their goddamn books and then you have to be stressed out is somebody going to steal my package or is it going to get destroyed from point a to point b mm-hmm. so it, i mean there's a or lot is, of crap. or is the, the comic owner ever going to respond to the message that i sent them yeah <laughs> the fact that which is my boat the fact that two good com- comic stores just Decide, you know, Challengers and Cowabunga decided it's not worth their time. That that that's tell, you know, because I know these, I, I've heard these guys. I I, I know mm-hmm. that's telling, you know, on what, how they feel about it from a retailer perspective. Well, like like the consumer, it it very well could be not worth their time and effort. Yeah, well, to, looking, to, to I mean. It. I'm always curious about New Mexico. So look, one of the first things I went to, because that's probably where gonna, I'm going to end up, Rob. Uh, hopefully you'll join me. But uh, <laughs> I love New Mexico. <laughs> I hope you join me in retirement there. But uh, 
I, I, uh, they don't have one shop in all of New Mexico that you could get bad idea. Right. That was, that was Iowa for a while until finally a little place in Iowa city had them and I was having them shipped to me. So yeah, I was having to pay for shipping and the price of the books and that's why I gave up. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's get this, let's, go back to the retro because they're like what what podcast did i get into like a uh, modern uh modern telling of uh batman fortress and bad idea but uh <laughs> why, why don't we start with chris because you've been quiet because you haven't bought a comic book in i don't know how long in 10 years <laughs> why is retro yeah <laughs> i'm i'm still awake i promise <laughs> sorry chris um no i don't care it's it's interesting it keeps me kind of like i feel like you guys keep me kind of connected to what's going on I, I find it intriguing you know in terms of the um comic book business and it, it's interesting i still have opinions and thoughts about it um but yeah speaking of about a decade ago i um i pulled up my comicsology and i was curious um just I was just kind of browsing through what I what I had purchased and um I saw that I had a few um new 52 number ones that I had bought digitally um and it kind of it took me a moment to adjust to the fact that it's 10 years that old was, <laughs> yeah that that now qualifies uh, new 52 number ones qualify for a package. Oh my god. No lie, Chris. This is hilarious because I just looked that up today. I am covering a new 52 number one today. Maybe it'll be the same one as you. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, Almost osmosis. everything I read this weekend was old enough to qualify for today, and I couldn't believe it. I was reading the Alex Ross Justice thing this morning. I was like, holy crap, this is like, you know, 15 years old probably by now. I have one question for you just because I, I, I follow your tweets. <laughs> I, uh, they seem so random. Like, do you, do you just like read a random issue and then not know what happened before and after, or, or are these just missing issues that you're trying to fill in the story or, or how, how, what are these issues coming from? Like, it's just what I got in the box to read. So whatever I find in dollar bins or I've bought, or it could be, uh, could be, yeah, just random pickup because I had a run and it was uh, uh, one that looked intriguing. Could be one I'd heard somebody talk about on a podcast. It's it's just whatever. Yeah. Okay. I still read. I still read like a twelve year old. You know, <laughs> I, read, I, I read whatever comes across my path, and I <laughs> and I tend to rabbit hole. So. I do that too, but I there there's more sequentialness to it. Yeah, no, I don't worry about that as much. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, well, I, I'm not gonna post something I read digitally. So, like, if I'm reading, um, I'm doing this big run of Batman that I picked up, and uh, so if there's, I'm not gonna post one that I already owned, and I'm not gonna post one that I read digitally. So there's gonna be some gaps there. Well, that mm-hmm. and the fact they didn't have Death in the Family when I get there, I think I only got one issue of that in the run, but. You know, so I only post something I physically have. Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes it is pretty random, but that's just how my brain works. I just go in and whatever looks good to me at that moment, and I pull out of the yeah, box. It's like going to the spinner rack and just randomly picking an issue. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I do. I yeah. go, ooh, this looks cool, and I just I can't read it. I can't do that. Like I, I I pick something randomly for this podcast, which is Marvel Tales, because of the Todd McFarlane issue, and oh yeah, I had to read the next issue. Like I had to, I I, I couldn't stop there. I had to to find out it was where oh this was spectacular spider-man well i gotta go find the next issue to see what happened so like that's what happens to me i can't just like leave on a a story thread i at least want to get past the thread that i got into well i always say if you end up picking up like a mini series issue it's always best to get the last one especially if it's something from like the 80s or something because then you'll at least know how it ends because you know, I'm sure your your first comic, and that's probably true of all of us, was not a number one. <laughs> no, of course no. not. I mean, it would have been smack in the middle of a character's uh, history. I know mine was a Cap 250 and uh, Doctor Strange 68, and you know, I, was, I just I just rolled with it. We well, were I, at I, the I, comic I, shop, and um, <laughs> Stacy, uh, one of uh, Stacy's friends, uh, came with us, and Stacy was explaining like, "Oh no, I got you know, Rob just." He was able to, you know, he just goes right into the middle of a, of, of a series and start. She's like, I have to start at number one. I go, why well, didn't have that 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 chance back right. in like 1978? Right. <laughs> you you either got Spider-Man number 198 or you didn't get Spider-Man. Right. Well, that that that's when no you should one. that's when you should say is, you know what I'm gonna do when I get home? I'm gonna buy Amazing Spider-Man number one. Right. I, I'm lost. I have I to start at the beginning. So, who is this Peter Parker? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do it. <laughs> you convinced me. Thank you, Stacy. <laughs> That's like if you got Richie Rich Millions, you know, seventy-five. You're like, yeah, I don't want to know what's going on here. I'm putting this one back. It didn't yeah. matter. You know, what is this? Kid? He's rich. rich. What's this? What? How did he get all this money? <laughs> yeah, I don't know his origin story. <laughs> and then you read number one and it doesn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man didn't, that wasn't his first appearance either. He got a, that was amazing Yeah, he had an amazing fantasy, fantasy number so. 15. And then you need then to know what happened in the first 14 issues. One. Yeah, Exactly, yeah. And then you're really confused because you're like, where's Spider-Man? Right. But it'll just provide the like a uh, context of tone <laughs> of the of the magazine. But well, if, if if you read, have you read either of you have read uh, Amazing Fantasy number one thousand? No, no. Well, this this leads down that same path. Like uh, there's there's one story that ties into a story that was an amazing fantasy. <laughs> so like, if you huh. wanted to go, you'd have to go buy another issue of amazing fantasy. Oh my God. <laughs> now I want to see what in the world, the amazing fantasy number one even looked like. I mean, they had a really it starts cool with st- number seven, amazing adult fantasy. So even it yeah. didn't start with the number one. Yeah. Right. Oh, for Pete's sake. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't win, man. Nope. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anyway. <laughs> um, well, I actually read I read two new fifty two number ones, so we'll see if if we I've got two chances to cross over with Rob. Yeah. Um 
One of them is Captain Adam. No. Okay. Um, yeah, it just, it. what I was going to say also as a preface was just it kind of, you know, I have mixed feelings about the, the new 52 um, a decade later, but one thing that it did do was create an a, event that I, that caused me to remember a number of things about that time period, you know, just listening to a bunch of different podcasts go through um, all of the different number ones and including um, listening to Mike um, share his opinion about all of them. And that was kind of, it's interesting to kind of look back at that time period, um, you know, and, you know, I, I had interacted with and talked to Mike, I think at that point, but you know, not to the extent that I would later. Um, and just trying to trying to track down a lot of these and and I had I think was doing DCBS at the time. I had ordered a bunch of them, but then I wanted to read and check out the ones that I hadn't pre ordered myself. And so that might be why I have a couple of them digitally on here. Um so anyway, um Captain Adam um, was written by J.T. Crawl with art by Freddie Williams II. Um, and um, it's called Evolution of the Species. So Freddie Williams II um, looks like he did Pencils and Inks. Um, and... Um, it's got a, and I remember to people talking about the art style and um, going back to it, I, 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 I really do like the art style of this issue. Um, Captain Adam himself is not, I don't know if he's inked at all. He's definitely not um, heavily inked, um, but he really doesn't kind of, he does kind of doesn't look like he's, he's inked much. Um, and it, it makes him kind of, it makes him definitely stand out on the panel and, it kind of conveys um, that the effect is that it kind of conveys that sense that he's glowing um, in a way that um, I haven't seen done a lot because um, the the rest of the panels usually are pretty heavily inked, um, so he stands out in an interesting way, and it's a, it's a kind of a neat effect that I like, um, and. Um, this isn't um, Captain Adam's origin, um, but we get the sense pretty quickly that he's fairly early on in his um, new existence as Captain Adam. Um, in the uh, like intro action sequence, um, he um, he's using his powers and and still kind of getting a handle on them, but also. Um, there's a kind of a couple times um, Freddie Williams uses this sequence of panel of um, successive panels that um, simulate sort of Captain Adams seeing things at a, a more of a molecular level. Um, and I like the way that that's done stylistically as well. Um, the, the panel borders on these sequences are rough um, and it just kind of 
there's like one, two, three, four, five, just breaking it down as he sees further in um, into, you know, what he can um, do um, to this like sort of like robot um, or like large mech suit um, that this um, individual, like a human is inside of it um, in this sort of cockpit, it's midsection. And um, we know from the um, narrative captions that he's gotten used to controlling his own body, but this is kind of um, new for him to um, control them. Um, something else at its molecular level, and he pretty much disintegrates the um, the uh, mech suit around the guy that's in it. Um, but after he does that, he he looks at his um, hand, and we have another similar um, sequence, small sequence of panels where he's looking at. Um, his hand on a, of a molecular level and seeing seeing that his fingers are are slightly disintegrating. Um, so that that's the opening sequence, and then um, we pick up where he's somewhere in Kansas um, at a place called the Continuum, and um, you know we can tell from the dialogue that he has with this woman named Renita um, that this is a place that he's familiar with um and um this woman renita is working for someone called dr megala um and um she's a young um doctoral candidate um and um this dr megala is um kind of a, a stephen hawking's type um he's um he looks like maybe has a similar uh, physical condition. He's uh, wheelchair bound and um, he's using um, some kind of uh, you know, uh, technological device to speak through. Um, and um, he and Captain Adam have an exchange and um, Captain Adam discusses uh, what happened during the opening. Um, and um, via the dialogue between them, we get a little bit more of a, we get a little, some details here and there of filled in as to how, um, you know, just a little more about his background, um, that he was a pilot. Um, you know, he doesn't have a scientific background. Um, and um, there's uh, one page where it's the, the, top half is just all one panel and it's the center of the panel is pretty much all filled with dialogue um, from Dr. Megala. It's the most dialogue dense part of the story pretty much. Um, he, he goes into, it's basically his reaction to the information, his response to the information that Captain Adam has told him about what happened in the intro um, that his um, body is repeatedly splitting atoms um, kind of similar to what happens with an atomic bomb um, but if they don't reform the bonds then the dissipation that he saw happening to his hands happens um, and if 
you know, if if that happened to a different part of his body, say like his brain, for example, um, you know, he could lose consciousness um, or self-awareness or, or whatever that or he could maybe just no longer exist. So, you know, along the bottom of this page is are three panels where basically Captain Adam sums it up. Essentially, his powers using his powers could kill him. And then uh, there's an interruption. Um, Renata, um, she, uh, Renita, rather, um, she she interrupts to say that there's um, significant seismic activity. They're expecting it to be somewhere that, you know, would have a lot of earthquakes, um, and no, it's actually happening in uh, New York and that there's um, and uh, as she's telling them, she's actually realizing that the seismic activity is not an earthquake, it's a volcano. Um, so we get a, a nice splash page of um, Captain Adam taking off from the center um, to go to New York to handle this. Um, well, there's a there's a nuclear power plant melting down um, as a result of the volcano. So he goes to handle that first, and um, you know it's it's the most um, energy that he's absorbed to this point. So um, he's struggling to keep that contained. While then he goes to try to help um, peep the people that are um, in the in harm's way because of the volcano. Um, and so he's, you know, putting into practice what he's learned in the earlier part of the issue and, um, focusing on, on the magma that's about to rain down on, on the crowds and he, he turns it into snow. We get a quick, like, uh, uh, double page spread where, um, we switch really briefly to San Francisco where like, um, what looks like I think like homeless maybe homeless people um ones um one of which is uh chasing after a rat in an alleyway because it's been stealing his food but just as him as as he closes in on it it, it just like completely changes forms into this like crazy looking monster uh and that's that we're just we're right back to New York City um and um, Captain Adam realizes he needs to to neutralize the volcano. Um, that he can't keep up with just, you know, there's too much going on. He can't be everywhere at once. He can't he can't protect everybody from the magma by just um, changing it. Um, and so he he flies down at the volcano, and he starts. Um, just trying to use his powers to to neutralize it um and he ends up kind of you know he 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 starts to lose a sense of himself he's this is he thinks that it's kind of like passing out but different he's like splitting apart and slipping into something else at the same time and he thinks to himself like that he wishes that megdala was wrong just once um and um the final page of the issue is a 
is a splash page that's just it's it's all in red um and you know we see he's just he's dissipating from multiple places uh, it's 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 like a, a a portrait shot ultimately uh, but we see that you know it's not just his hand but his shoulder and his head is dissipating and they the letter you there's one panel uh there was one um caption on the page and it uh the letterer um brings home the concept as well that there's some some of the letters that are missing some of them are um you know faded out a little bit and it ultimately says you know it's ultimately him thinking about um something if i it's kind of hard to read but it's 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 a neat effect it's ultimately thinking you know if this is this this is where i die then you know at least i died doing something good kind of thing so um but that was only the first issue so i think what this run for like 12 or something like that um yeah 12 12 plus the zero yeah but yeah honestly it was um you know, I don't remember. I do think I remember people talking about the art and and some people really liking it. Um, you know, it's it's. Um, I think looking back, it it might have been one of the the, the better um, debut issues. Um, I was looking at the art. I I don't know, Chris. Have you read any of his like Freddie Williams kind of like toy series stuff, like Thundercats or Masters of the Universe, Turtles? No, I don't okay. think so. It's very similar so this, to that. It's like a cross between that and like, like, I don't know. It's almost like Keith Giffen, like, because you got these really, really, really heavy inks on some of the stuff. And then you've got the Captain Adam that looks like he came out of one of those toy series. So it's, mm. it's, a, it's a neat blend almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I. You know, I, I can't exactly remember. I don't think I was like blown away by this at the time, but maybe Same. my tastes have changed a little bit. Like I, I, I do find it impressive, and I guess maybe it just is was kind of it's kind of neat that it was trying something a little different with the art. Well, I mean, there was fifty-two of them all at once, so I'm sure there was stuff that I probably would like better now, like to revisit. Yeah. Other than you know, where you're trying to read like ten plus a week is what right. I was doing at the time, so. That was yeah. the only time I ever got monthly shipments uh, in weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I can't imagine them publishing 52 <laughs> ongoing series. <laughs> oh, I know. And then literally, like, if they did, 30 of them would be bat titles, guaranteed. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Sure. All right, well, if you want, I can I can go with my new 52. We'll see if uh, it matches um, sure. Chris's. Chris, I got Green Lantern number one. Okay, we're safe. We're safe. Okay, all right. That's good. So I never... Did you skip out uh, on this one? Yes, I never read this before. I thought you were all in on U52. I was not all in. Um, wow. I was kind I... of annoyed with New 52 and what I decided to do with the exception of a few, like bat, like actual Batman, because uh, I liked Scott Snyder. 
um, is really a lot of the um, series that I had been buying previous to New 52, I, I stopped and I tried other things. I tried like, which of course eventually <clears throat> made my pull list for DC very, very small because what I was trying were like the more off the beaten path ones like you know the, the war comic the, the like oh, actually i didn't do that that one um but like the animal man's black the, you know, agent the Fra- the black hawks yeah. you know frankenstein um demon knight was good thing. a lot of those that you know they some lasted some some didn't but um i dropped green lantern i initially dropped flash but then changed my mind i Got a bunch of flash, but then I did eventually drop it. Kind of shocked about the Green Lantern though, because that was Jeff Johns, right? Yep. Yeah. So I I, didn't buy any Superman. I didn't buy Detective Comics, even though I did buy George Perez Superman. You you balked out on? No. No. What was he doing in a suit of armor? Oh my God! I just no. I I cannot be. I can. You you were flabbergasting me, my friend. <laughs> the, the 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 fact that it's George Perez, your favorite artist, and you would not get Superman is just mm-hmm. blown my fucking mind. Okay, <laughs> I don't know who you are anymore. Like, who are you? I I was not happy with this initiative. Oh my and god, you're killing me! I picked me. and choose what I wanted to buy and what I didn't want to buy. This is George Perez. It should be. It shouldn't matter what you want to buy or buy. You're buying it for George. No, I didn't buy it. Oh my Mm. god. I still have never read it. It's a wordy son, bitch. You are killing me. I I ended up buying Action Comics. I bought the first few issues. I'm like, this sucks, and I dropped it. (sighs) There was a lot of people that felt like Rob did. You know, Uh, I mean, but. I, yeah. I, that George Press Superman, I, I was definitely an outlier on that one. I was like, I was just eating that up. I was like, put, put as many panels as you can possibly put <laughs> on these pages. I'm like, that took me, I read like, <clears throat> that took me as long as it took me to read like the rest of the books that came out that it w- week. It was like, a yeah. 30 minute read, if not, yeah, yeah, just like, absorb easy. it. Yeah. Give yeah. me my money's worth. Thank you. <laughs> that is something that probably now I would absolutely love and I, I really need to go back and read it but at the time i'm shocked this is not superman to me i don't want and does and it I matter it's to, george perez like how many times do i have to say it he's your favorite it's yeah. george perez i mean but you should I be getting sirens you should be getting everything the man does and from what I understand, he wasn't all that uh, excited about the whole initiative either. Uh, he was until they started to dictate what he was putting on the paper. I Exactly. exactly. But it didn't start off like that. I mean, you can listen to – they were getting high, very, very uh, editorial-driven is New 52 – Yes, it's, that's it's, what it, it, yeah. They were in everybody's knickers, and they caused a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, they caused a lot of people to quit. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'd I, have to go back and look. You, at the you, full you've list stated a couple of things in here that just blew my mind. Sorry the fact that. that you didn't stick with Jeff Johns that blows my mind. But the fact that you didn't stick with George Perez that just. I I I I don't even know Rob of whatever year this was. 
2011. Yeah, 2011, Rob. I don't. I don't even know what was happening. <laughs> I, 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 I think also I was getting a little maybe um, worn out with um, the Green Lantern side and how it just you know they were coming out with title after title and I don't remember how many titles were just prior to New 52, but I know for New 52 they came out with a lot of different titles. Well, I, I really want to hear what you say just, about this just, because uh, uh, the way that Hal Jordan was portrayed. <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah, so this is kind of all new to me. Um, we've got, we've got, as you said, uh, Jeff Johns and, and Doug Monkey was uh, the artist. Um, the, the cover has Sinestro in, in a green lantern uniform there. And uh, you'll have to forgive me, I don't remember like how much if any of this was because I know that Green Lantern and Batman had a lot of continued continuity but I don't remember if some of uh, like if somehow what happened to Sinestro just prior to New 52 if he uh, was in the position to have to take a green ring and it was continued into this or this like was a brand new like oh my god why does Sinestro have a green ring type thing I, 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 I don't know I don't remember um but yeah, this is how how it starts off. The, the comic starts off is that he's on Oa, and the Guardians are instructing him, basically forcing him to recite the Green Lantern oath, which he does. And then you sit, pulls back, and you see that he's surrounded by the Guardians, and he's in in chains. With but he has the Green Lantern ring on in the full uniform, and um, he's you know he basically says, "Okay, I did what you asked. I said it. Now remove my, this ring." And they say, no, this is, you know, it, it's chosen you once again to be part of the Green Lantern Corps. And, and, you know, we see this as a chance of redemption. Ganthet, as usual, is the odd man out. Um, he says uh, he doesn't. So he waits for Sinestro to be dismissed um, to go protect his sector. Um, and then Ganthet says, you know, this is ridiculous. Um, he's, you know, he's a horrible enemy. He shouldn't be given a Green Lantern ring. And then they... The rest of them encircle Ganthet and start beaming so um like a green ray into his head. Um and that's where it cuts away. So what exactly they're doing to Ganthet there, I don't know, but it seems like they're basically going to um uh, subdue him into into line with the rest of them. Um and then we're back on Earth and we see that uh Hell Jordan is going through um a whole table's worth of past two bills looking for his checkbook um, because his landlord would like um, his money and he's two months behind. Um, he can't find his checkbook and the, the landlord said that's fine because I'm not taking a check from you. The last, last several have bounced. Um, and he's like, I'll, I will take cash. And um, they're about to <laughs> maybe negotiate a, a drive to the ATM because Hal doesn't own a, a car either where he notices uh, across the way <clears throat> through his window, um, this big guy with these tattoos around his head um, choking this, this woman. And he uh, tells the landlord to call 911. He jumps out of his balcony, um, jumps across the way, crashing through the, the, that neighbor's window and punches um, the guy saying, leave her alone. Turns out there's a film crew in the back actually um, uh, filming um, a movie. So uh, he was 
he didn't see any of that from the window, so he didn't realize that. Um, he was, uh, the officers came and arrested him, and um, Carol Ferris bails him out. And uh, she comments that he, he's not Green Lantern anymore, so I'm not sure why he's not Green Lantern anymore, but he doesn't have a ring. And, um, and he has a heart-to-heart with Carol. Carol said that she hasn't used her, um, her Star Sapphire ring, uh, and she doesn't plan to. And, um, you know, he basically wants to offer him a job back at her company, but not as a pilot because she can't um, insure his, uh, her company with Hal Jordan as, as a pilot because of the constant problems. Um, now we go back and we're back in this, in, um, not in, the, in, in our space sector, but back where Korrigar is, which is where Sinestro's from. And he's he's on an asteroid, and he's got a huge telescope, and he's kind of watching what's going on on his home planet, and he sees his yellow lanterns have basically enslaved his um, his world. Um, where and then one of them comes up from behind, just sees that he's wearing a green lantern uniform, and starts fighting before he realizes that this is Sinestro. Um, and he asks Sinestro why he's wearing that. And Sinestro comes back and said, I told you to protect my home world, not enslave it. And um, this this Yellow Lantern is about to call Arkillo, who's the um, lieutenant. He's now in command of the Yellow Lanterns. And um, Sinestro chokes him out and kills him. Um, the ring immediately goes to start looking for somebody else, and he um, destroys the ring with his Green Lantern before it can find anyone else. And he kind of looks off into space thoughtfully and um, flies away. So we have Hal and Carol back on Earth um, going out to dinner. And um, it's a very fancy restaurant. And uh, Hal says that uh, you know he never thought he'd be doing this, but he needs to ask her something. She kind of gulps and says, yes. Um, yes, Hal. And, and he says, will you co-sign the new lease on my car? And uh, she obviously thought he was going to be asking something else. She throws uh, his, her glass of water in his face and leaves. Um, he realizes what um, what Carol had thought, and he's like, "I, I really," he's like, "I'm in so much financial trouble. I can't. I need a car." <laughs> and she gets in the car, drives away, and he's like, "Wait, you drove me." So he's stuck there in the restaurant parking lot. He walks all the way home in the rain goes to his apartment where there's an eviction notice on the, on his door and suddenly there's a green light from behind him and it's Sinestro saying if you want your ring back you'll do everything I say and that's the end of the first issue so it's definitely very very um, interesting um, makes you uh, <laughs> excited to read the next issue um, I don't know what's going on and again it's been there's been so many stories since that I don't remember where prior to new 52 left off if this is directly uh dealing with those events or if this is just a brand new thing that will it will you'll learn as you read why green why hell jordan doesn't have the ring and sinester does um but anyhow it was um i found it, it fascinating because this is jeff johns that has sort of brought back hal to begin with because Hal, you know wasn't green lantern but yeah. uh I found it fascinating because it took what supposedly 
he's not my favorite Green Lantern, but supposed to be the greatest Green Lantern and made him look like an idiot <laughs> compared to oh, Sinestro. Yeah, did. Did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it made Sinestro look like, oh, this guy's badass. And uh, Hal doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He can't even buy a Reese's peanut butter cup. You know? No, he can't do nothing. But this was <laughs> this was good. Um, I I definitely at some point when I have some time, um, will probably sit back and read this. And I'm assuming I'm eventually. I don't know if it's right away or if it's you know six issues in or later on or whatever. But assuming I'm eventually going to have to read all of them because I'm assuming at some point they have some sort of event that you have to jump from book to book to book to get the whole story. But um, but yeah, it was it was it was good. It, well, again, so you just did, a, you you missed out on uh, Red Lanterns, uh, Green Lantern. Yes, there was just too um, much, too much at the time for me. Last I, 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 I wasn't. I was never all in, Mike, until Rebirth, and that was due to um, DCBS. I was not through DCBS. I didn't even know about DCBS at this time, and I didn't have the money to to buy fifty two. Um, ongoing DC titles. I guess, I, I guess I'm flabbergasted, but when did we, oh God, I, time is starting to like blend into like, I don't know, but when oh, did we start I, talking? I Do you have any idea? Cause I don't remember. Uh, like, sure. Yeah. What, 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 what year is it, it the Valiant? I think it was around 2015. Okay. Um, that I, we probably a little bit talking through Twitter and stuff. And then I think that I, I joined the uh, the podcast probably not until like 2016. But was it Valiant that kind of brought us together, or what? Well, I definitely heard your voice. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. With, with Valiant first. Yeah, the Valiant okay. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember associating Rob with Valiant and that mm-hmm. early I, on. I, I I just I guess I'm surprised, but I I guess I'm blown away that New 52 doesn't seem as old as it is like it's pretty fresh in my mind even the uh the captain adam like i i remember liking this jt (laughs) crawl captain adam quite a bit and uh not liking jt crawl's uh green lantern very much but uh i mean not green lantern green arrow green arrow but um i i guess i'm just perplexed on how you were able to cut that like addiction like if you were were, were I was you... ang- I was angry, <sighs> and anger made me do this. But but it, it, mad, it, yeah. I I understand angry, to but to not except for with by by what I buy. That's how I vote, and so I didn't appreciate them basically restarting everything, and so I'm like, well, I'm going to read stuff I've never read before then, and that's all I'm going to read because then I don't care that. It's basically starting fresh. See, I, I think new Rob would have bought this, at least the Rob that I knew. But Probably. I, I don't <laughs> know that, like, man, I just can't believe he didn't buy George Press. <laughs> and now I want to know when I first got on DCBS, because I, 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 I know like, I was on it by then, because I did their deal for the 52. Yeah. I, I know mine is roughly 2006. Mine is like March of 2015. Forever. That was my first order. And not I my know. first order, but my first like um, monthly order. I had bought like a couple like huge omnibuses from them, you know, in 2014. But I wasn't buying the single comics until 2015. 
I started off small with collected editions and independents that my shop kept shafting me on. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then I just grew, like, everything started to migrate there. And then when my LCS said he might go away, everything went over there. And then I sort of migrated, like, main titles like Spider-Man and Batman back to him. But other than that, it's I've still been DCBS. And I've been happy. Like, I'm supposed to get a shipment today. I just um, got mine. Today? Uh-huh. Yeah, mine mine is supposed to arrive today. I, at least I got one of those notices on a truck at 4 a.m., but, you know, we'll see. Sometimes it's a day late. Mine was yeah. July 2010, and that was when DC Universe Legacies was coming out and Brightest Day was coming out, Freedom Fighters number one. Oh, those were – the pre-books before New 52, God, they were good. They really were. I, I that, mean, that, that's why I get what Rob's saying is like, you have Paul Cornell on action. You had Scott Snyder on detective. You had, um, let's see, Gotham City Sirens. Yeah. You had a, Birds Gil, of Prey. Gil, you Gil, had a lot of really good books. Gilla March on Gotham City Sirens. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was good stuff. Streets of Gotham. You had Adventure Comics with Superboy. In yep. the Legion of Superheroes, there was you had a uh, milestone zombie. I mean, there was there was some great stuff. It just that was, was the last fling with Archie too. I think they did that last. Uh, oh yeah, the like Crusaders. Mighty Crusaders. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. Those were good. Mm-hmm. I missed the Crusaders. I was so disappointed in Rob Liefeld for throwing a hissy fit. Oh my God, I was just like no. <laughs> I know that could have been the start of maybe some ongoing. I was like, just stories. Ho- he does, he leaves me hanging on so many things. I I don't know why I'm so loyal to him. You know, I just <laughs> <laughs> he he disappoints me so much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love I love him I love his attitude and I love his success, but I he's broke my heart so many times through the years. <laughs> Just because he's so arrogant and he doesn't, I don't know if he has like ADD or just little pet peeves that bother him and he just jumps off too quick. Like if it's not Marvel, I don't ever know if it's going to finish. I was happy that Snake Eyes finished. Like I I was surprised. Well, he he enlisted like a hundred people, well not a hundred, but a lot of people to get that last one done though, didn't he? No, but like, he did he that a... on purpose. He got oh, okay. like because each page was like inked by somebody different or something. But but it was inked by like Neil Adams. I mean, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was. I yeah. mean, he had the c- cartoon cafe inking. I mean, it was Thomas Sholey. I mean, it was amazing. He does that a lot yeah. with his remastered stuff too. He did that with uh, Prophet. He took every page and had somebody re-ink him, and that. I love those. Like to me, it shows the importance of an inker. Like it. Sometimes Rob's pencils you can't even see exist. Like if you if you looked at some of the inks over him, you can't even mm-hmm. see Rob. Like if you look if you see oh I agree if you see Tom Sholey over Rob, you would think it's a Tom Sholey page. Like you wouldn't even see Rob in there. <laughs> but it, I find it freaking fascinating because. Ever since the color became a bigger deal than an inker, I I recognize inkers like they were they made comics fantastic in my opinion. Um, and then seeing like 
inks over Keith Giffen. Like his style is so different. The inker really matters, like whether it looks Kirby or doesn't look Kirby or looks even more abstract, like Trencher, you know, like, <laughs> so like, it, yeah, inkers are important. And those remastered editions, they, if you ever want, if anybody listening wants to know how important an inker is, you need to get these remastered editions, Snake Eye 5, I think it is, or 6. And then, yeah, it's the uh, final issue. Yeah. Profit, and then he's having a, a new brigade remastered which actually is going to have uh his new supreme character because he lost the rights to his own character so he's going to have like a new superman type character so that that brigade remastered is going to be pretty good because it's going to be the first appearance of his new superman character but yeah he breaks my heart he broke my heart with the archies i bought every fucking cover i and then and then that tweet thing happened where they tweeted out some spoiler which I don't even think it's a spoiler a spe- for 95% of the fans because 95% of the fans don't even know who the crusaders are. So they you know that a lot of people that were reading it were reading it cuz it was Rob Liefeld. So god the fact that he didn't finish it just pissed me off. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, we did New 52, and it's uh, – do you want to go next, Joe? I can. Uh, would you guys rather me stick with DC? It's not New 52 no, or – you want. Or BW Indie. Uh, I could, you could do what you want, whatever's uh, okay. float, floating your boat. Well, if I only get to do one, I'm going to do Death no, Wind you, number you one. You could do two. All yeah. right. So uh, this is from 1991, Death Wind – is uh, put out by Artline Studios. Um, the funny thing is, I wasn't even going to cover the backstory because there's not much to it. But I just, as I was opening this up, it's it's called AWA, and it's by I'm going to mispronounce his name, Jim Moffat. Is that right? Yeah, the, I like the, him. the guy who does like Girl Scout, which is like I just finally got around to reading the the newest Girl Scout. Uh, got a couple issues to go. I'm really really liking it. It's good did, stuff. Did you see that in did you read the back matter to that? Just out of curiosity, the latest Girl Scouts where he... I still uh, got two to go, so I haven't read the final one yet, no. Well, no, it was the first issue, I think. Okay. Uh, where he, he, he basically talked about Disney buying the rights to his stuff. And no, then I didn't the, see the, that. The deal falling through. Oh, it was so interesting. Yeah, his, I read the... um. I think the first one, I, I I don't know if I read everything in it. And then I came back to it. And started rereading it. And even those little, he does these little shorts in the back about a, a I don't know if he's an octopus or what, reading his comics to his kid. And they are freaking hilarious. Yeah. Because he'll do one in like a 70s style. Then he'll do one in like C-O-M-I-X yeah. comic style. And those are really, really good. See, what, when he first came out, he, he I, I couldn't stand his art style. And then he kind of grew on me and grew on me. And I really like it. Like me, Bill doesn't like him, but I, I, I really adore his art now. <laughs> so me like too. you, you've sold me on this book because it has two things. It has Jim Mufford on art, and it also has a uh, pinup by Tim V Hill. So, I am, hundred percent adding this to my want list. <laughs> All right, so Deathwind. 
uh, it starts out, there's a kid at home, uh, and uh, the kid's in its room playing with, like, a doll, but we see some kind of, like, foreboding monster in the background. The mom leaves the kid and says, go to bed, and the little girl's like, okay, mommy. Um, well, their foreboding character comes through the window, and you see the kid in terror on the floor, and the issue's uh, story's called Child at Heart. So she, I'm assuming, screams, even though it doesn't actually say it, because the mom goes, Charlotte, what's wrong, honey? Oh, my God. And she sees, like, the guy running off with his, with her daughter. She passes out. Uh, then we go to the residence of Joseph Highplane. I'm assuming he must be Native American. That's at least what it's coming across to me. Um, if I'm wrong, I apologize. But anyway, he's watching the news, and he hears that a child has been kidnapped. He goes, damn, mom, I'm going out for some fresh air. I'll be back later. And luckily, of course, he lives right down the street from these people. So he's able to just kind of run over there. And uh, as he's dashing down his country lane, there's an energy that crackles around him. And it's in the shape of kind of some kind of like bird of prey. And he has uh, these kind of like, I don't know. Well, I'll look at the cover. So on the cover, he's in a black and gold costume, and I am colorblind, so if that's not gold, tweet at me. I'm sure I'm, I'm going to mess up colors along the lines as we go. That's why I love black and white issues. Um, so it's a mixture of black and, and uh, looks like gold, and uh, it's armored in spots, spandex-looky in spots, and he's kind of got like a utility belt type thing. Anyway, so that magically appears on him, and he... Gets to the house and he goes, what's this? Footprints leading into the foothills? That should be fairly easy to track. May as well get started. So there's this small cave and the cave has like toys and a Gumby doll and a basketball and this giant foreboding, I don't know, kind of just looks like a caveman to me. And uh, there's a bunch of kids in there. So this caveman has been running around town kidnapping kids. Uh we go back outside, Deathwind says, the trail ends here, and he sees a ball come bouncing out of the cave. He looks in the cave, and the little girl goes, mister, can I have my ball back? And he goes into the cave, and there's like a jack in the box and another doll, and here comes the giant caveman dude. Huh? I won't let you take away my children. Then we'll have to do this the hard way. Works for me. And he like springs into action. How about you? Crack. Wood. Crack. This creature is much stronger than I realized. I can't pull my punches any longer. And he smacks the crap out of him. And uh, as he's throwing a punch, uh, one of the kids gets in the way. He almost knocks his kid's block off. And the caveman goes, the child, no. And uh, Deathwind's like, back off now. All right, talk. I mean, no harm to the young ones. Only wanted to have them. <laughs> that sounds I've like Cookie in... Monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like a caveman. <laughs> I've lived in the wilderness for the last 10 years. Please forgive me. I believe you, but the children must be returned to their parents. Yes, I know. And he's like rubbing that. I mean, these are the happiest freaking kidnapped kids you've ever seen. One of them's <laughs> sitting in his lap all smiling. And then there's another one. He's like rubbing his head. And he's got a... a what was the name of the cat from Bloom County? Is it Bill? He's yeah. got like a Bill the Cat t-shirt on, and he looks like he wouldn't rather be anywhere else in the world. And he's like, okay, I'm taking these kids. You, you know, you just do your bag, and you see like the, the gentle caveman giant slowly crying. And he's like, I'll return the children to the local authorities. You're doing the right thing, my friend. And I just realized he has like some uh, 
feathers coming out of his helmet too. So once again, signifying obviously that he's a Native American. And you see this other armored dude kind of in the background uh, looking through the bushes over at uh, what's going on. Then the kids have left, Deathwind's left, Caveman's just sitting there kind of pouty, and the new armored guy comes in, what the, yow! And he swings a sword at him. I'm not in the mood for this, but if he wants to fight, I'll give him war. And he throws a rock at him. Dude gets serious, breaks out like a giant axe, whoo, puts it through his arm, pulls it out of his arm. He comes again and slices him in the gut, takes him out. Feel the pain of those who suffered for your actions, freak. Justice is being served today. Die, dog. And he, like, stabs him with the giant axe. And then uh, later, Deathwing goes back to check on Cave Dude. He enters the cave to be continued. Bloodied body with the new guy in armor standing over it. And that is the end of the Deathwind story. And then the other story I was telling about, it's not a whole lot to it. It's just basically kind of one of those funny animal things. You've got Johnny Dregg's Wombat, Harry Pitt's Koala, Sylvester Rocking Paddington, a hedgehog and a platypus and basically they get attacked by these ninjas and it's just them beating the crap out of ninjas for a couple of pages and then artline studios promises some uh i think that i really like the art on these uh looks like black bow number two is coming out sting number one is coming out scalpel which is the guy who i'm assuming must be the one who uh cut up our our cave friend and then on the last page, Killer Synthetic Toads. And I looked up Artline, and uh, some of these sadly never made it out. So Sting and Synthetic Toads ended up being a flat, uh, a flip book. And we never got a second issue of Deathwind. And I'm not sure if we got a second issue of Black Boat. So, Mike, if you want to collect uh, Artline, there's not a whole of them out there. That's a universe you could probably finish off in one order to MCS. Yeah. I'm real curious. But it's good stuff curious about this one because of the uh what what does the tim v hill look like so i'm assuming was there supposed to be a pullout in the middle because i don't have one it says says there's a pinup of black bow by tim v hill oh that's just a house ad yeah yeah okay Uh, yeah it's just a cover for i think uh number two i'll send you a picture of it yeah um, i'd like like to see that for sure yeah, and so basically it's the house ads at the back is the Black Bow number two cover. And like I say, I'm not sure that it actually even came out because um, most of these, like I say, either didn't get the issue they promised or you got one of those flip book, uh, flip book combo things. And um, yeah, it didn't it didn't work out too good it for did come out. Yes. OK, so number two did come out. Uh, Yes, but it's not by it doesn't have his art in it. Oh, okay. it's some guy called Ed Decker. Gotcha. But it does, <laughs> this is interesting too. This has got to be a buy a best a buy too because it's got a Tim V Hill cover for number two printed on the inside back cover. <laughs> nice. But yeah, uh, so. number number two never came out. Yeah, looks like they only did one, two, three, four comics, and that was it. Yeah. So you not you had the flip book, Tech Knights, Deathwind, and Black Bow. So yeah, really really small uh, company. Both, both out of stock. That's a bummer. But they are available on eBay. So there you go. 
they're not cheap though. I mean, they're not two dollars. They're running about ten bucks. Well, I, I tell you, for a black and white indie book, uh, this is a pretty good looking book. And this is what ninety one. So this is well after the boom had already come and gone. Yeah, I, well, so is... I like getting like early works of like Todd McFarlane, like artists that I really like. Yeah. Um, Sam Keith and and um, this this I like I like his art a lot. So I would like to get it for sure. And I didn't know about it. Well, I always get excited if I come up with something you've never heard of. You, you, you mostly do. I mean, mo- uh, every post uh, I, I learn stuff of I haven't heard of. It's usually uh, black and white comics. I don't have a hell of a lot. I mean, I have a lot of Ninja Turtles, but other than that, and I don't know, was Fish Police black and white? I can't remember. I think initially it was, yeah. <clears throat> I, I have a lot of stuff that I've accumulated lately, but there's i'm missing a lot but um going on the uh obscure path i i I picked up this uh this comic mostly because i thought it was a magazine i accidentally skywald is known for their their magazines and uh i picked up this because i read alter ego there was an alter ego article about man thing and swamp monsters and I, I think I covered it on Geek Brunch. And uh, there was an article in there about the Heap. And, and it talked about, you know, Airboy and all the other Heap stories through the years. And um, it talked about, like, now I have the first appearance of Man-Thing, which I, which I really, really, really wanted in, in Savage Tales. And uh, I already had the first appearance of Swamp Thing, um, House of Secrets, I believe. Um and I, I saw in this article, it had an article that I can't remember who it was. Was it Len Wein or I don't remember who, but maybe it was Roy Thomas. So one of them went to uh, dinner with the Skywald guy and he goes, I hear you guys are doing like Marvel had had just introduced man thing and DC had done Swamp Thing roughly around the same time. I even think the guys that created it were roommates. So it's like freaking odd <laughs> as hell that there was no like lawsuit or, you know, something like this. And uh, he got to talking to this guy from Skywald and he's, well, you could do the heap. And the heap, I, I normally don't see him like this on the cover. He, he looks like just a smog moss monster the heap my heap has the the nose things hanging from his his face um i'm used to the air boy you know backups and stuff um this heap looks very different and this is the origin of the heap it's a 25 cent looks like a 60 page uh square bound comic book there's no issue number two even though it promises there's an issue two it was uh, published, I don't even see the date for it, but uh, inside the Indicia. But uh, it starts off with a girl running, a beautiful girl is running from a lion in a field, and the heap saves her, tosses the lion aside, um, 
the girl's passed out. They find out the girl's blind. It's so much like um, Arcane. Uh, what's her name? God, why can't I remember her name? Abigail. Arcane. Abigail, thank you, Abby. <laughs> because she has like a uh, father-in-law that's related to Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> but hmm. the fact that they have like a mad scientist, you know, like Arcane, you know, behind all this. Um, the heap, his origin was he was like an air air pilot, and he crashed his plane into a bunch of toxic chemicals, and came out to be the heap. And in this run-in, there were these guys hunting the lion, and they're like, "What is that monster?" They start shooting at the heap. The heap's first reaction is to protect the girl from being shot. The girl is blind. So she can't see anything. And then it goes into his flashback story of him crashing in to a uh, U.S. chemical warfare depot, depot condemned extremely dangerous off limits to all personnel. <laughs> he took a nosedive into a chemical plant <laughs> in a biplane. <laughs> I thought that was uh, hilarious. Plus, there's uh, an ad here, which I've never seen an ad like this before. But it's uh, it says free everything you need to start your own profitable shoe and clothing business. <laughs> free clothing <laughs> and shoes for yourself. <laughs> uh, and then wow. and then, then the heap uh, fight fights a bunch of uh, guys and runs into a grim reaper in a a graveyard type. I, that that seems to come out of nor uh, nowhere. But if you look at the cover of the magazine. I mean, the comic book, there is a Grim Reaper on the cover. Uh, on his way, the girl is like, Stranger, help me, please, help me get home. And he helps her get home to Baron Frankenstein, uh, who really wants the heap. He's like, well, you're a monster. I, I can be greater than the Frankenstein monster. So he promises he can have his body if he helps with her eyesight, because he can restore her eyesight. Well, he restores her eyesight, and the first thing she sees is a heap. And she's like, oh, my God, it's a monster. But then she realizes he saved her, so she's kind of uh, forgives him. But he crashes out the window, taking a bunch of doctors with him. But he doesn't kill any of them, to my knowledge. He just uh, starts a fire in there. <laughs> He goes out to the field and gets, he's like condemning life, you know, we're a monster. And he gets struck by lightning. <laughs> and it looks like he's, uh, he's destroyed completely, but, uh, he comes back to life and it says the end of the beginning. There's heap letters page. So write in, and then it has some, what looks like uh, golden age stories. Uh, when the sea goes dry, this one's kind of interesting. It has an Aztec uh, guy who has a boat, and he rents it to a husband and wife to go dive for gold. And uh, the guy finds the gold, but there's a huge octopus on the bottom. And uh, he says, we got to get out of here. You know, let's just go. And his wife is greedy. She's like, if you can't go down there, I'll go down there. And she wants the gold, so she goes down there. And then runs into the octopus and sees the octopus has the face of the Aztec guy that was giving him the boat. 
and they get the hell out of there. And then it's got a story called The Curse of the Broken Balcony. Um, this is a weird story about a guy that uh, buys a, a haunted house and then runs into a, a schoolmate and uh, tells him that he's being haunted. And then he, he falls off the balcony after he tells him a story of the guy that died there prior. <laughs> so that was a funny, funny story. Um, the... Uh, third story was the death of the earth mars run this was a a sci-fi story uh, about a, a girl that's from venus and she suspects something's wrong with her father and it turns out that that her father is a doppelganger alien that uh, some guy ha helps them get rid of and then there's a huge ad for see-through walls an amazing spy device turns solid walls to glass and you can send away for this for pretty cheap. Hmm. It's weird because a lot of these things, these ads are very different, but they're usually ads that I've seen in a Marvel or DC comic in a little square. And these are like full page ads. So it's, it's kind of odd. Um, Their see. ads must've just been cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. For this bank publication for sure. Yeah. Uh, the last one's is a ballast of gold. This is uh, another gold story uh, about a guy that uh, it's a, this is a true story. I, f I forgot to look this up, but the, the supposedly the true story of a ship called the Central America that sailed from Havana past Old Moro and was headed toward the United States and sunk with like millions and millions of dollars of gold. And uh, I was curious just to see if that was true or not, but I, I forgot to look it up. But that was the heap number one, and uh, it was quite quite enjoyable. This is the one that you're sending to me now that you've read it, right? No, no, no. And then I get it. Wh which one was which one was that? I don't remember. <laughs> that was. I thought it was this one. I was Green what? Lantern number two from the New Fifty Two. <laughs> <laughs> on my journey <laughs> I think I have two oh. of them so oh there you go yeah there you go Chris you're up yeah I'm up okay um the other new 52 issue I read was Resurrection Man oh see this is one that I did buy Oh, well, but, yeah, but, it was but did different. you read it prior to New 52? Yes. And see, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Huge, yeah. huge fan of Resurrection, man. Fantastic. Um, yeah, this was um, called Pronounced Dead. And um, it was written by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning that uh, common team with art pencils and inks by Fernando Dagnino, who I am not really familiar with. Um, and um, I like the opening. Um, it starts out in a morgue, um, as you do um, when, you're <laughs> when you're resurrection man. That's right. Um, and the narration is all about, um, you know, this this is not his first resurrection. He 
it, the very first words of the comic are captioned that say, coming back this time, tastes of metal. Um, and, you know, then, then the captions from there kind of go through all the different things that are metal in the, in the um, morgue. It looks like he looks like the um, medical examiner has just gotten done um, doing the autopsy. She flips the, she turns the lights out and leaves the room. Um, and um, we flip to the splash slash title page, and that's when he's um, coming back to life for good there. Or not for good, but uh, the resurrection. For the time is, being. <laughs> resurrection is complete, yeah. For the time being, there's like uh, DNA strands kind of coming out of them. I think just uh, like, I don't think they're, they might not be literally there, but just kind of to drive home the point. Um, so he, um, basically robs somebody's locker, um, you know, takes some clothes and, um, yeah, it's a, it's an attendant, um, the county medical examiner's office. Um, he takes, uh, his, um, wallet. He's thinking to himself, you know, yeah. We don't want to. We we don't want to start out with this comic, I guess, with him being too bad of a guy. So we, we he thinks about how his insurance will replace you know, how the um, the guy who he's stealing from how how his insurance will replace his missing insurance cards and his bank will cover the the fraud that he's about to co commit when he um, um, withdraws cash from the guy's ATM and. Um, and then he goes to the airport. Uh, apparently, when he resurrects, he he resurrects with compulsions. Some something he has to do, and he doesn't know um, why, but he can't ignore it. And um, he knows he needs to go to this uh, to the airport and get on a flight to Portland, a particular flight. And he doesn't know why. Um, he's kind of standing around in the um, waiting area, scoping out the uh, other passengers waiting and wondering if they have something to do with why he has this compulsion. Um, there's a uh, sky marshal. Um, and um, so he's sitting on the plane. Um, a woman comes down to sit next to him. And he thinks that she's, uh, I quote, she's hot in a gaga kind of way. Um, and yeah, she's honestly dressed rather strangely for just for taking a flight. Um, she's, she looks like she's more dressed to go out to a club. She's got a, a blazer on with nothing underneath it. Um, so uh, it looks like more like she's, you know, going to step out onto the red carpet or something like that. I guess Lady Gaga's been around for a long time. I didn't realize she's been around for 10 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You are old, Rob. I'm oh, very, yeah. I'm very, very old. Po All of this Poker stuff face is probably 10 years old. 
Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say Poker Face predates the New Fifty Two. I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, wow. I think so. <laughs> um. And and um. It, it's noted that she has a very large teardrop, red teardrop tattoo. You know, not 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 the size that you might normally see, um, on someone with a teardrop tattoo. It's it's pretty big. Um, she introduced herself as Sue, and they have a conversation about flying. And um, she asks him why he's going to Portland. He says he's not sure, and she's like, well, everybody's got a reason. And she she starts talking about the different passengers that are around them and why they might be going. He thinks that she's imagining things and, um, but, but the, the context kind of gives you the sense that that's more than that. Um, Mitch, the resurrection man, he knows that the weather's getting kind of rough and, and she says they're closing and we don't have much time. And, um, just as the uh, an, uh, the pilot announces that they um, everyone returned to their seats and fastened their seatbelts because of the turbulence, uh, she stands up, and um, flight attendant tells her to sit down. But then she just she transforms into this. I don't know. Um, I don't think she's robotic. I think she's uh partially maybe cybernetic um she's got um four arms um but two of them might be artificial two or more of them might be artificial she's got sort of horns horns and wings um she's kind of like a almost like kind of like a cybernetic angel of sorts um but with a maybe a, a devil-like face, um, but you can still see that 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 red teardrop. Um, and she says, uh, "It seems like Resurrection Man is the reason that she's there." She says, "It's time to go, Mitch. Your soul—it's overdue." Um, and um, with a flick of the of her wings, she tears open the roof of the plane. Um, and um, so he he tries to you know he tries to attack her um the the marshal is on the plane pulls out his weapon and fires at her that does nothing she um you know they kind of they don't show much of it they they close up on on the interaction but she pretty much tears 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 him open um and um Resurrection Man, you know, he part of the the gimmick is that he always wakes up with different powers, and he's got, you know, the, all that bit about metal in the beginning was was relating to um, his powers. This time, he's there's crackles of like lightning, like energy around his hands um, as he's fighting with this this woman, and they end up um, in the air outside the plane. Um, <clears throat> She asks him, why are you fighting for them? Why are you trying to save them? Um, and um, it's not really clear what uh, what she's talking about. She's talking about the passenger. There, there's, there's 
sort of like faces the of, of uh, beings that don't, some of which don't look quite human in the sky. She's talking about, you know, kind of discussion about sort of about fate that the plane wasn't was never going to land in Portland and his soul's overdue. It's a very precious prize. It's too valuable to lose. Um, he creates a magnetic field and um, shocks her. Um, but as he does, um, he gets sucked into the um, turbines, are they called, of the airplane. And there's a scrunch, a bloody scrunch um, as he dies. Um, sucked into the the airplane um, and a half an hour later he wakes up again um, he's in the wreckage or near the wreckage of the plane um, the, they landed in a, the plane landed in a forest uh, everyone's clearly dead um, there's fire raging, uh, raging. Um, and he's wondering what the point of all that was if all those people died because of him uh, and as the sirens um, start in the distance, he, he takes off, um, doesn't want to be present um, to be asked any questions about what happened. And we see like a um, cloaked figure hiding behind a tree in the foreground as he's running off. And so he, he gets some distance between him and the crash and wonders, all right, I, I, what, what am I working with this time, basically? Um, and he, he discovers that he can basically just to dissolve his body into liquid or, or water or water-like liquid, and he, he flows away. Um, so that's the last we see of him for the issue. Um, and so we have, we have a, um, but we switch um, to a coroner's office presumably the one that we saw at the beginning. And there's two um, young ladies kind of scantily clad. Uh, one's wearing like what looks like the remnants of a schoolgirl's outfit. Um, the other one's wearing like kind of like a clubbing dress. This is these, this is Carmen and Bonnie. Um, and they talk kind of not quite Valley girl, but um uh, I don't think we're meant to think that they're um, the smartest young ladies. Um, and um, because, you know, they're interrogating a coroner um, and getting upset that uh, he's not answering their questions. Uh, but we flip the page and we see that they have him gagged uh, and he's mumbling behind the gag. Um and one of them um, shoots him, um, and they come up with a new plan. And their new plan is that they're going to ask the questions of one of the other people that they have tied up, um, but not gag him or her this time. So that might work a little bit better, I would assume. Um, we have another page where we see that um, a firefighter is having a conversation on a cell phone uh, with their boss, and uh, we see that they have this same red um, 
red teardrop tattoo. It's apparently the same being um, in a new body. Um, they're discussing the resurrection man. And then um, it seems their name is Surreal. And then the final couple panels um, are Miss Xanadu. Um, no matter how Olivia many Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> <laughs> Madam, Madam Xanadu, rather. Um, no matter how many times she shuffles, the resurrection man always comes back up in her tarot cards. And this time it smells, spells, smells. Scratch and sniff tarot cards. <laughs> Go trademark it. Um, this time it spells trouble. So, um, I didn't like this one as much as Captain Adam. Um, it starts off kind of interesting. Um, you know, I've read other stuff by Dan Ad Abnett and Lanning and I, I, that I've liked a lot more. Um, I liked their Legion stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, this, um, I don't know. Um, Have you read just... the first series of this or before or no? Um, I think I only read just this one issue at that okay. time, and yeah, and, yeah I don't think so I could continued with it. The prior the prior series was much better than this series. Yeah, um, I can't remember if I read any of that, but um, yeah, but this, I mean, it's I thought it started out pretty well. Um, the encounter on the airplane didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, and, uh, neither did, um, did, uh, Bonnie and Carmen, um, they just kind of made me roll my eyes a little bit. Boy, I like Madame doubles? Are you crazy? They're great. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Is that what they're called? I kind of yeah. remember. Well, yeah, they, they've even had a mini series. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm judging them off of this, their usage here and their appearance here. I thought they were kind of boring. Uh, and it's kind of dumb. <laughs> um, I like Madame Xanadu. I thought it was cool that she appeared. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I would give this one like a C. You know, it was kind of, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. I'm not surprised I didn't read more of it. Um, I definitely like Captain Adam better. But um, that's Very it for good. me. Very good. Well, I've got one more. Um, uh, I've got a. This was a good one. Um, the Brave and the Bold, number one hundred and forty-nine, starring Batman and the Teen Titans, and it's by Bob Haney and Jim Aparo, which many of these Brave and the Bolds are. Um, we start right away on the on the first page with um, with the story jumping right in. Um, Batman has placed a call to Robin, um, and also uh, he must have one of those party lines because he's, he's talking to Robin, um, Wonder Girl, Kid Flash, and Speedy. Um, he has a red alert for the Teen Titans, and, and even though Robin explains that the team has been disbanded, he said that he not to worry, they will make an exception for his case, and they're all on their way. So they have to take their costumes, except for Robin, I'm assuming, out of mothballs and sharpen their 
rusty um, powers, and they make their way <clears throat> to the uh, Batcave. And um, Batman says, I need your help with this uh, new, there's a new vicious crime wave going on by this group called the Runaways. And um, he's like, it's a bunch of kids who have um, left home, uh, drifted into the big city, and now lead a life of crime. Um, he goes into a backstory on how he first uh, became aware of them. Um, he was hitching a ride on top of a stolen uh, Cadillac by uh, Fast Fast Eddie Blaine. Uh, took it to a, a chop shop, and um, Batman put an end to that chop shop. Um, they arrested Fast Eddie, and um, and he overheard Fast Eddie telling the judge that he doesn't care um, what sentence he's given because the head honcho is going to spring him in a matter of, of days. Um, he's still in prison, but there's still a crime wave going on. And Batman needs some help because, uh, you know, as, as good of a master of disguise Batman is, he can't disguise himself as a teenager. So he needs um, the Teen Titans to give a hand. And Robin um, decides that Wonder Girl and Kid Flash will um, disguise themselves as runaways or portray themselves as runaways. And Speedy and himself will... Um, we'll keep tabs on them um, from the outside. His figuring is that Wonder Girl and, and, and Kid Flash have powers and don't rely on their actual equipment. So they go ahead and start, and uh, an undercover police office policewoman uh, is crossing the street, and Donna and Wally um, pretend to, to knock her down and steal her purse. And they run right into an alley where a bunch of ru the runaways are, and they they stop stop the two uh, kids and tell them to hand hand over the pocketbook because uh, this is this is runaways territory. They apologize, said that they didn't know anyone was running this territory, and um, sure enough, they get invited um, to join the the runaways. So Speedy and Robin <clears throat> quietly follow them. And uh, there is some sort of a leader to this that uh, is on is just watching them through a camera, and so he, they run some uh, kind of trials for Wally and and Donna, and and they're they pass pass all of them, so uh, they they're they're okay. They they can join the Runaways, and um, so. Uh, so Robin kind of wants to put an end to it right, right then and there, but he is talking to Batman um, through their receivers, and Batman says, "No, we've got to find out who this, who this, uh, the identity of this boss is." So they continue to do their um, uh, to to have do crimes with with the Runaways, and um, at one point. Um, Donna actually uh, fumbles a, a pickpocket uh, case, and and she gets caught by the police, and and they actually need Commissioner Gordon's help to get her released, and um, 
so she is so so sure enough she she gets she gets out but now this is kind of making um the lieutenant who's an another teenager um kind of suspicious so they wally and and donna walk walk away from the runaways meeting and they're walking back to where the um they're gonna end up going to the bat cave and um the lieutenant's name is is turk tiger turk and he turns around and he starts following them so robin and speedy notice this and they're like oh you know we're at, we might have to um intercede that might put more suspicion on on the other teenagers but we might have to do it but batman jumps down and um pretends that he's uh he's after donna and and wally and they start punching them and stuff and they make it look really really good they actually knock batman down and run away and for the time being that kind of um allays uh turks fears that maybe there's something up with them and um he manages to because of the whole fracas he's able to kind of um blend into the shadows and disappear without robin being able to to um catch him so um apparently now i i don't know if you guys do this but apparently one of um donna troy's um little known powers is the power to imitate somebody perfectly did anyone know that she had this power yeah the voice the mm-hmm. the yeah what do they call it um like rich mimicking? like rich little yeah, yeah rich little. yeah yeah impersonation uh, i had yeah. no idea impersonations no. yeah i knew so uh, there you go mike mike knew and um so he heard so obviously she's heard this um this you know the big shot talk over the over the intercom so she goes ahead and um she talks just like this big shot uh into batman's computer to get a voice id and it comes back of all people commissioner gordon <laughs> and they're like oh geez batman's like well i thought it sounded familiar but if, and, and right away this isn't supposed to be some sort of a trick that we're that we the audience are supposed to think commissioner gordon's running a um a ring of uh teenaging uh, teenager thieves um right away batman says of course gordon's not the man but we underestimated the the leader here obviously he must um have tapes of gordon's public speeches and he uses a computer to uh, mix all of the words together to what he wants to say thereby uh, hiding his own voice so um so that's kind of a dead end and they get a call actually from the real commissioner gordon and said and and he wants to let batman know that fast eddie blaine has escaped prison on his own um and apparently he was uh they talked to his cellmate and apparently eddie was really really angry because uh he assumed that the leader of the runaways was going to spring him and they just uh they just forgot about him and left left him to rot so he uh he got out on his own and and kind of um and and kind of uh uh, said that he was gonna he swore revenge against the the leader of the runaways so um fi- things are starting to come to a head so finally batman and speedy are like listen we're gonna take in this turk and and see what he knows so they start fighting him and uh and he's putting up a pretty good fight but you know robin ends up taking him and brings him to Batcave blindfolded and they start um and and what the plan is they try to get some information from turk but also the other part of the plan is they got donna and wally going back to the headquarters 
of the runaways and they start questioning loudly where where's Turk what happened to Turk you know how how come you know he he went outside to never came back and we heard a shot yeah where is he and he's got start getting all the other teenagers kind of nervous and wondering what's going on so um the intercom system with the camera the leader is saying that you know Wally and and Donna are lying and um so on and so forth and they continue to accuse him of taking more than a share of of the profit and uh, they're like come on out and you know show yourself and they got all the all the teenagers all in an uproar and so finally he's like all right fine I'll come out and then uh and then you guys you brats are going back back to the street so um they make a they they go ahead and make a plan that he's going to reveal himself and uh later on in the evening and uh bat and uh sorry robin and speedy are, are ready for it in the shadows and who appears but batman and they're like what is going on here now batman's out and um and it's it's actually uh <laughs> it's actually the leader dressed up in a batman costume because he still wants to wants to um keep his identity secret and uh he reveals uh that that Wally and Donna are not who they appear to be um and they grab actually one of the tra- transmitters that Donna had on her uh on her shirt and Wally and, and Donna are like okay well we got to we're going to have to reveal ourselves and um they run back uh you know the the, the leader is 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 pretending to be Batman um he manages to knock out Kid Flash as Kid Flash runs to him, but the rest of them are kind of actually uh, able to start chasing him down. And he he goes running um, running down, and he encounters Fast Eddie, who wants to wants to kill him. And uh, he man, the real Batman manages to knock Blaine out. He uh, you're all expecting a really big reveal now, I'm, I'm sure. Um, he he grabs hold of the leader who's dressed as Batman and he takes off his cowl and who do you think it is? It's a guy that we've never heard of before. It's Max Cash, the convicted slumlord, who created the ghettos that many of his crime children came from. And uh and so they go ahead, they've got the court to agree on probation for all the runaway kids, and Cash is now in jail. And his whole crime setup has been wiped away, and they all hope that with patience uh, and help, maybe the the kids will be able to start um, their lives uh, their lives anew. So, as and we, he would have got away with it too if it wasn't for, it wasn't for the kids. kids. That's right. <laughs> and as enjoyable as it was, it was. Uh, I have to say, with with them kept hiding this guy's identity over and over again through like the you know the the red herrings of the Commissioner Gordon's voice, and then. He's dressing up as Batman. I really thought it was going to be like somebody that we we actually knew. It was going to be some surprise villain or whatever. But no, just some regular guy that never appeared before and never appeared since. Max Cash book. though has been. It was in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, was he? Yeah, he came back yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah he, he was in there. I don't remember him at all. But, I'm just um... kidding. <laughs> 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 I'm like, it no, doesn't sound familiar at all. <laughs> Max Cash. You would think I would remember that name. Um, but yeah, 
so that was kind of a letdown, but you know, I, it doesn't make a difference. I, I love all these um, late seventies and early eighties, Brave and the Bulls. Um, it, it's one of the first comics that, not this particular one, but that title is one of the first comics I ever, I ever bought. And I, I, I absolutely adore that series. So that was one I hadn't, hadn't read before. Um, so it was very enjoyable. Still have a handful still in the basement from uh, completing the, you know, basically from like 100 to 200 that I still have to read. So that was one of them. Cool beans. Joseph? All righty. Let's see what we got here. So the next one is one of those weirdo ones that uh, Mike was probably talking about. Like, where did he get this from? Why is he reading this? But luckily... (laughs) Luckily, it was an issue four, um, and that's from Gotham Knights number four, uh, June 1992. I have no idea what happened in the first three issues, and luckily, I think you can read this one without worrying about it too much, because it's pretty much a self-contained story. So we're outside of one of the major metropolitan buildings in uh, Gotham, and they're talking about how bad the wind is, and we're going to meet some different people that are involved in this story. First one we meet is a fella, and he's trying to figure out what uh, is up with his wife. He's following her. He's got a gun. Basically, he thinks that she's cheating on him. Next, we run into a couple, and they're kind of fighting, and he's just not happy with the way of the world these days. He hates this damn city, and his wife is like, Joe, what have you got in your pocket? It's weighing your whole side down. What's in there is none of your concern. Keep your damn hands out of my pocket, woman. Oh, Joe. Oh yeah, they're, <laughs> they're fighting and hugging in the middle of the street, and he's just sick of this damn city. But he says, something in me makes me want to kill everything I see. And boy, if that's not foreboding, I don't know what is. Yeah. Uh, next, we're in the building, and um, it's a lady. She's calling some guy Jimmy. Maybe we would know Jimmy if we read the first three issues, but that's not how life works sometimes. Sometimes you, you just you got say, issue four. Did you say it was uh, Gotham Knights number four with the girl with the – what is that thing with the eyes? Double barrel shotgun? The dragon tattoo? No, I can't. You're... <laughs> Am I looking at the okay, wrong so title? Okay, there's Gotham Knights with a K and there's Gotham Knights with the N. This is a four-issue miniseries, oh, Gotham Knights with the N. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, yeah, it's like a... Uh, oh, my gosh. I almost said Donut Hut Slut because of the old SNL uh, thing. But anyway, she's like a donut uh, lady. But, uh, yeah, she's got a double barrel peering down and uh yeah, I had the I had the wrong title. I had Gotham Knights. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of those, too, but I didn't pull that one. Anyway, she's calling Jimmy, and Jimmy has got wants nothing to do with her. And uh, his his friend who had answered the phone was like, answer the, self your, answer the phone yourself next time, Jimmy. And Jimmy looks like a real loser. Well, anyway, so she's pissed off that uh, Jimmy hadn't talked to her, so she's leaving the building. Now she's out in the street. We're back to the fellow who was stalking his wife. He's still trying to figure out what in the world she's up to. And he's like, I bet you're going to be with your lover. And then the next thing you know, he sees her with another woman. And I mean, that could be your lover. I don't know. But he steps off for the the moment. Then we're at the donut shack. And this tells you how much times have changed. Donut lady is literally got a rifle behind the counter. And the guy's like, oh, what you doing with the rifle at work? Dude, somebody comes up with a rifle at work, you call the cops. 
<laughs> no, the, or Dun- the manager at least. When Rob goes to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning, they have a shotgun behind the counter. It's pretty common. <laughs> they only take that out when Rob comes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's like, Rosemary, what is that? It's my father's hunting rifle. You're going to get it appraised or something? Or something. She's not gonna. Nah. My man, that is one strange woman. So he just goes back to listening to uh, his tunes. Doesn't matter that A, his lady that was working with him just left with him in the lurch. So if he gets a big donut rush, he's not going to have an extra hand. And B, she's walking off in a crowded uh, city with a basically a shoddy and she's up to no good. All right. So back to the one. So the one who had called for Jimmy, she's still trying to find Jimmy. She went over to his office building and basically he's bolted he's ghosted i'm sorry mr cicerone is left for the day jimmy you creep how dare you leave and take an early train Uh, so we're just going back and forth between these people so all these different people in downtown gotham uh the fellow looking for his wife has run across her again she's no longer with the other lady but uh he's still gonna follow her and see where she's going Donut Lady gets to the top of the Gotham. I don't know if it's a Gotham Tower or something. It's basically the tallest building in Gotham. She blows the shotgun, says, everybody, get off the observation deck now. And the cop's like, okay, okay. So she, this cop is just leaving a lady with a shotgun on the top of the tallest building in Gotham. There's a lot of people not doing their job today. Donut dude, (laughs) cop dude. Uh, So back down on the ground, we see Jimmy run into the lady. He's like, Jimmy, uh, Jenny, look, I got things to think about. I'd rather you leave me alone if you don't mind. I do mind. I'm one of those things you have to think about, right? So they're having a lower uh, lover's quarrel. She slaps him. Uh, the donut lady does something really interesting so that people can't get into uh, the observation deck. She gets all the elevators to come up. She locks them down. This is the part I thought was, if you're going to like shoot a bunch of people, was ingenious. Okay, so if you're going to kill people, A, don't kill people. And B, don't take this idea and use it to kill people because I don't want our podcast being blamed for people killing people. All right. <laughs> so anyway, this is clever what she does. She like uh, takes the fire hoses and floods the um, staircases so that it'd be really difficult for people to get up the staircases quickly. So she's taken out the elevators. Now she just took out the staircases. Luckily, there's somebody who lives in Gotham that doesn't have to worry about that stuff. There's a little bit of foreshadowing there. So anyway, they're like, what's the ruckus going on? Because this building has been emptied out. Um, So now we're starting to see the fella who was talking to his wife, the elderly couple who was fighting, uh, the lovers quarrel. They're all coming down together. And Donut Lady goes, hurry, my beloved. And so she starts shooting at everybody. So you see her uh, with sights. She's got her sights on the lovers, the wife, the dude stalking the wife. The, the older couple, blam, 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 blam. So she's shooting down at all these people. And she's just missing. Um, the elderly fella saves Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy saves his, I don't know what the situation status is on this one. We'd have to ask him. The girl that he was uh, fighting with, the dude who was stalking his wife, actually starts taking pot shots into the air and gets shot. Uh, then next thing we know, back on the observation deck, Put the rifle down, miss. No more shooting. And, of course, it's the Batman. Because he doesn't need a staircase or an elevator. And this is where we find out what the deal was. 
okay, it's okay, Frank. I didn't hurt anybody. My daddy was a real good sharpshooter. He taught me real good. I just need to get us together alone. Frank? It's okay, Frank. You don't have to pretend anymore. I know it's you under the mask, just as I know that you really love me. Miss, I haven't the foggiest idea what you're talking about. So this whole thing was the donut lady thought, like, the guy she was in love with was actually the Batman. So she set up this whole scheme where she would basically fire into the city of Gotham without hitting anybody because she was such a good shot. Um, and Frank would come and, you know, she could proclaim her love to him. But uh, too bad for her, the donut lady. Um Batman's not Frank. Uh, so the only person who actually got hurt and uh, potentially hurt anyone was the guy who thought his wife was cheating on him. And she goes to pick him up and she's like, you know, I wasn't cheating on you, but you're a real asshole. Um, I'm actually pregnant and you could have actually killed the baby. And so. Wow. That happens. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, basically uh, the cops are taking her away and she's thinking it's over, Frank. I know you'll keep our secrets, but it's over between us. I pity you, Frank. So she's not letting go. Uh, back to the couple, uh, Jimmy and the lady who was trying to track him down. Uh, they're having a nice moment shared on the subway. The uh, older elderly couple, she didn't get uh, physically hurt, but I, she had palpitations or something, so they had to take her to the hospital. And um, she basically is okay, and her... Uh, her husband's talking to her and Bruce Wayne of all people pops in and checks on him and says he would like to offer the fella a job uh, helping take care of the city of Gotham. And it ends with Bruce saying, I help because I can, because somebody must, because this is my city and for good or for bad, I do love it. And that was the end. And like I say, I have no idea what the um, first three issues were, but this was very much a self-contained story where, I mean, you were able to just jump in and... A day in the life of a Gotham person. Yeah, it, that's basically what it was. And yeah. it was it was good. John Ostrander. And uh, I wouldn't mind reading the first three issues, seeing what it was about. I'm sure it's on the app, so... So when you, when you pick an issue like this, is this something you got at the, like, uh, one of those bookstores for real cheap? Or is it something that, that you just randomly picked on my comic shop? That one was one that came in that big uh, couple of boxes of Batman's that I that I bought. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. So um, most of it like was just uh, Batman Shadows of the Bat, Batman Legend of the Dark Knight, and the regular series. But there was a smattering of like Superman's, uh, these weird like parts of miniseries where it would just be one issue of it. So it was some guy's collection, and you know they were just getting rid of it. Um, you got a good deal on eBay, or was it somewhere else? Uh, no, it was it was in town. It was oh, okay. uh, somebody I knew. Uh, they were trying to sell some comics for a friend, kind of a thing, oh, and okay. I just gotcha. bought a couple of boxes in from them. I let I let people cherry pick, and then I took what was left. That's why I didn't get like the the death of the family issues. But like I think I got most of Hush, and you know a lot of really good stuff. So, but yeah, there was some random stuff in there. So. I tend to go cheap first, and then if there's money, uh, if there's something I really want, I'll spend money on. But I, I like to get the weird and the inexpensive first, because, but you know, this one was just one where I got lucky and got a lot of good Batman issues. Yeah. Well, my last uh, book is uh, Marvel Tales number two two eight, 
And I, I was one of those uh, Marvel Tales snobs where I was like, oh, this is just a reprint magazine. I don't want reprints. I, I got some of the early ones because I knew, I knew I would never get the Ditko issues. At least I thought I wouldn't. I, I've been getting a lot of Ditko issues recently. But uh, I, I never thought I'd get the Ditko issues, so I was getting Marvel Tales back then. But these ones uh, really appealed to me because they have Todd McFarlane covers and uh <clears throat> this one has the angel on the cover smacking into the back of spider-man and it was originally presented in spectacular spider-man number 17 which i know rob has a full run of um this is by bill matlow and sal Busima with inks by david hunt and uh this is uh the daily bugle sends peter to go cover the disbanding of the champions in Los Angeles. So that's his whole job. He gets there and uh, some glass panes from the champions building fall to the ground and are going to land on him. <laughs> they just, it, it turns out the champions have like really bad contractors, man. They're like What's terrible. That? The wi wiring in the system, everything in the building that was done was done really cheaply. And you think with Warren Worthington's dollars, he wouldn't allow that. But uh, these planes of glass were falling towards Peter. But I keep thinking, like, when is this spider sense going to kick on? The uh, angel... I keep getting missed calls from some fucking weird number. Not me. It's so weird. It's like uh, probably one of those guys trying to hack into my system, but it says... Somebody's trying to get in. Um, <clears throat> I just ignore them. But uh, the angel ca captures one plane of glass and uh, throws it into the ocean. The other one, his spider sense finally kicks on. Like when the glass is about a foot from his face, which I, I would think it would have went off a lot earlier. He barely gets out of the way. And Angel's like, wow, you were going to cover the disbanding of the champions. Uh, but we've already, everybody's left already. Everybody took off. Ghost Rider went his way. Natasha and Hercules. I don't remember them having a relationship, but it sure looks like they, they did here. Um, Hercules, Natasha? Yeah. Oh, that's a weird one. And then Dark Star from the Russian, what were the Russian teams called? It, it had Vanguard oh. and... Ursa Major, Dyna, Dynamo, and Ursa Major, a Dark Star. She was a member of the Champions as well. Yeah. So I don't she's remember. from Russia, and I guess she had a relationship with Bobby at the time. Now we know Bobby's gay. Um, <clears throat> but uh, he yells for her. She takes off. It's and then Bobby leaves abruptly, and he's Angel's basically telling the story of how the team disbanded. And he does get a few pictures so he can send back to Jonah. But uh, then a, a mysterious uh, guy that looks like Negative Man from the Doom Patrol shows up in a wheelchair. So he looks like Niles Calder. And he's got bandages all over his face and stuff. And he's a blackmailing angel. And Spidey sees this as he was leaving. Well, it turns out this guy was Rampage. Uh, who the champions had fought earlier in, in issues. 
and uh, he's blackmailing him uh, because the champions pretty much made him an invalid. He basically is in a wheelchair. His whole skin is burnt to a crisp. And uh, he's trying to seek revenge. And the way he does is he somehow brainwashes um, Iceman. And Iceman's the new Rampage. And he's trying to kill Spider-Man and Angel in this issue. So they're caught in a conundrum of we can't hurt Bobby, but we have to stop him. And uh, the building's falling apart at the same time. The wiring is, is going haywire. The Angel eventually gets a lawsuit against the contractors and uh, <laughs> Spectacular Spider-Man number 18, which I had to continue. And um, they do eventually stop Bobby and uh, wake up Bobby because Spider-Man takes him through a car wash where the hot water sort of uh, wakes him up. And I don't think uh, I've ever been through a car wash with hot water. It's usually cold water. But... Uh, in this case, it was uh, hot water. It, it somehow woke him up uh, out of that, and he's able to uh, stop Iceman from uh, destroying Spider-Man and Iceman, and that's kind of how it ends. This Marvel Tales also had a uh, a short of uh, spectacular Spider-Ham in it, which was uh, nice, interesting. Uh, I've never been a Spider-Ham fan, but uh, this one was kind of cool because it had a uh, fish that looked like Punisher and Tombstone was a polar bear and uh, it had a couple of uh, different characters and it said to be continued but I had to continue it in Spectacular Spider-Man. Usually when I run into a an issue that's physical like this one and I read it and uh, it's to be continued I don't go to my box and dig out spectacular spider-man 18 i turned to the marvel app which has a bunch of uh old content in it and i looked right. up spectacular spider-man 18 so i could finish it because i'm a huge champions fan and this story kind of continued from the last issue of champions so um i always liked the idea of uh this is such a weird group and it was one of the first uh, back issue comics that I actually it, it is the first back issue comic I ever collected was uh, going to Don's paperback bookstore and finding that they had back issues I never knew that back issues existed in the store and uh, I bought the entire champion so Hercules and in, in this group like Ghost Rider probably my first exposure to Ghost Rider was in Champions and it probably happened around 1980s 80 uh no it'd have to be middle school good lord maybe 1984 um or 80 83 when i actually picked these issues the champions issues up and i didn't have no idea they were continued in spectacular spider-man so it's first time reading and I, I, I never really collected Spectacular Spider-Man until recently, so I, I never read these issues. And uh, they did feature the champions, so that was cool. Yeah, I, I think, my, talking about the champions, I think my first exposure would have been when they were the Defenders. Because uh, I remember a book fair when I was in third grade, 
they had, and it was probably a reprint issue because that's usually what was at the book fairs. But the Defenders, I want to say it was like in the 120s where it was the new Defenders where basically the champions took over and it was them and, oh gosh, Gargoyle and yeah, 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 yeah. Valkyrie and Moondragon. I mean, and, the, and I remember... the only difference there was, uh, God, what did they disband? Because after the Defenders, they became uh, Bobby and... Uh, Beast and um, Iceman left left for the uh, X Factor, so right. they they closed down the shop of the Defenders and went for for uh, X Factor to reunite. Yeah, they just bounced around. Yeah, yeah. But, yep. Except for Beast, who was uh, in Avengers. I mean, they pretty much went X Men, Defend uh, Champions, Defenders, X Factor. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby and uh, Warren stuck together. Right. Um. Beast came in the Defenders, and that was an odd group. They had like Moon Dragon and Yep um, Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah, it was more like the X, the the mutants with a bunch of other strange characters. I don't remember if yeah. Devil Slayer was in there. I just I always loved the Defenders for the exact reason you said about the champions because they would always be like random weird. Yeah. I don't want to say B B grade characters, but you know maybe less popular ones. You but know, they also did. They were them. never like a functional team, and either were the champions. Right. Like yeah. the, the Avengers were functional, <clears throat> the X Men were functional. The these were dysfunctional teams. They didn't all have the same goals. Right. Yeah, it's good stuff though. Yeah, I love the Defenders. That's that's my first love. That's what got me into Marvel, really. Yeah, the those Marvel tales though were fun because um, if you ever get any of the D- the Ditko ones that were um, rewritten for an '80s crowd, it'll have like Aunt May going like, "Well, Peter, I gotta go. Dukes of Hazard's about to come on." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, obviously, she wasn't watching the Dukes of Hazard in the '60s, so it's fun when you see them where they've re- rewritten the lines to try to keep them like so, more current. So was it still Ditko, and then they That's just rewrote funny. the content? Does it actually give yep. credit to the new writer too, or? I don't. I don't remember. I doubt. I did. It. I, I had no idea they did that. I, I yeah. had no idea they would throw in new lines to make it like sound. I remember being a little kid and, and, and buying Marvel Tales, right? And yeah. not even realize because they always put Marvel Tales on the on the top small letters, and then I would say Amazing Spider-Man or whatever. Right. Um, but thinking that the because I was reading Green Goblin, like it was like they were talking about who the Green Goblin is, who's it going to be, and stuff like, and thinking that those were all contemporary stories, and. Right. Not until I was a little bit older that I realized, oh, I'm reading reprints from like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I thought the Green Goblin was a current. I mean, as far as I was concerned, he was a current villain. I didn't know that he had died like before I started even buying comic books. I, that's I, how I read a lot of the stuff that I couldn't afford back in the day. You know, it was like I can't afford the Hobgoblin origin issue, but I can get this Marvel Tales that's coming out this week. That's you know a buck twenty five that has the same stuff in it. That's right. Well, there was like comics, greatest adventures. There was one for Captain America, Iron Man. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Marvel Super Action. I can't remember if that was Avengers. There was a. That's there, Avengers. I yeah, think, yeah, there was a whole bunch of uh, reprints. I didn't know they were reprints the first time no. I got them. I was yeah. like, this is odd looking. Like it doesn't even look right. like Spider Man. What is? What is this? 
I, I almost and when found I was a little kid, like, jarring. oh my god, I've got Fantastic Four sixty-seven or whatever number it was. And I'm like, no, you don't. You've got like what like you said, whatever that reprint title. Marvel's was. greatest comics or yeah. something. I think yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. FF one, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Marvel double I, I feature. I like them. When I find them in the wild, I usually get them because they typically tend to be less than the price of a new comic. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll pick those up pretty often because they usually are in the 2 to $3 range when I find them at comic stores. Yeah, Marvel so. double feature was the Iron Man cap one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's the one. Yep, that's right. And Marvel Hulk had one too. Marvel superheroes, I think it was. Yep. It was Marvel superheroes, yep. Because, yeah. yeah, it's like right next to Secret Wars in my... Uh, in my short box. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But that's uh, all I had. Does anybody have anything else? That's it for me. All right. I'm good. Well, I think we could wrap this one up. This was a good turnout. I, I didn't expect a turnout like this on the <laughs> holiday weekend. I, but I, I think uh, Joe's here because everybody's sick. No, his wife is <laughs> sick. Or, or else he would have had some kind of event. Probably. No, I had it on. I had it on the calendar. I was planning uh, on being here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it kind of worked out. Um, thanks for being here, and uh, you can find us at geekbrunchpodcast.com. Also on Facebook at Geek Brunch Podcast. You can follow Rob at Rob Krieger. Krieger uh, sounds like Seeger, but does not spelled like it. <laughs> I used to call you Krieger. Yeah. Yeah. Until I helped you out. Yeah. yeah. I gave you a way to remember it. Yeah. Oh, you a did. little mnemonic device. Yeah. It's spelled <laughs> Rob, like that. Rob, did you correct him or did you say anything? No, he would ask. He would ask me. He would like, oh, is okay. that right? And like, no, no, it's Krieger. But uh, <laughs> but uh. But he would he, he wouldn't remember until until Chris. Chris uh, said it's like Seeger, man, uh, yeah. like Bob Seeger. <laughs> then, then I would always remember. Um, Chris <laughs> is at MythMaking ETC. Iowa's Joe is Joe Crawford, and I'm Mike Myers Brunch on Twitter. And that's how to get a hold of us. And uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I I enjoyed this episode. Always Especially, uh, I learned a lot about my co host on the New 52, which kind of shocked <laughs> me. And, and I always think I know you. Like, I always think how I know you're going to act and stuff, but I, I guess I didn't know New 52 Rob. That's your mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he has years said ago. that before. He has said before uh, that he was not happy with the New 52. I have heard that, but I'm shocked that he would not go with Jeff Johns and George Perez along for the ride. Like, I. Yeah. I, I, it well, just, you know what it, I got to do now? It perplexes me. I got to go on eBay and just get a whole bundle for, you know, like 50 bucks for all of the, all of the issues or something. I want to go reread Superman, uh, new 52 after this discussion. There you go. I'll yeah. read That'll it take the up the rest of your because day. Because Chris was re- reminding me how dense it was. Like it, was <laughs> it is incredibly dense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, We'll Take talk care, to you guys everyone. later. Yeah. Have a good, have a good Monday off. If, yeah, if you have it off, I hope you have a good one. Do you have off, everybody? I do. Oh, yeah. Yay. Yep. All right. Have Woo-hoo. a good day off. All right. Bye, Go and stay fair. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.